first thing I want to talk about uh, for definite is you went and photographed the protests. Yeah. And um, was it the Extinction? The Extinction Rebellion. I've seen them in two different countries now. Oh, where did you? Did you I, went, I went to Munich and they were just uh, marching through the bloody Christmas markets. I haven't put face pictures up yet. Right. But they'll be up. <laughs> and so for the uninitiated, what are the... Extinction. So Why like was a, the extinction? So they're protest? an environmental, like, like they like a protest group to um, to protest against climate change, right? And um, they are like, sorry, I'm just trying to find my words. So they're, they're like eco warriors. Yeah, they're eco warriors. So their their way of working is they want to be a public nuisance to right. um, to disrupt people and make a lot of noise and cost. The police quite a lot of resources, so but makes like, sense, right? It yeah, doesn't sound completely. Yeah, so stupid. it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Yeah, I'm not sure if I agree with them, but yeah, I can. I definitely agree with like, yeah, we need to like stop burning all this bloody fossil fuels. But like, right? There's, I think there's maybe better ways. But yeah, it was good to. Uh, well, did you did you stick around after the protest? Yeah, so I I, I originally went down there just because I was with my mate. Um, his um, because he's new into photography, he wants to get into it. So right. I took him down to London to um, get into like teach him like the basics of street photography. We didn't know the Extinction Rebellion were about, right? And I, I well, to be fair, I think they were there for like seven years. Like, yeah, they just didn't go away. Yeah, so. they. It was on the third day we 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 went, and we I did my usual route across like um, South Bank to Westminster, and then when we got to Westminster. It's really quiet for a, quite a touristy zone. And I right. spoke to one of the policemen and he said to me, oh yeah, there's some protests coming through. And um, yeah, that's why it's quiet. And I said, fair enough. So I hung around and usually I use like a 50 mil lens for street because that's the, I think that's the best way to get the, like n- natural looking shots. You look like, like eyes filled of you. Kind yeah. Of and because you look a bit like a voyeurist with like a 200 mil lens. Yeah. So or you look like press. Yeah, you right. do. So the, the moment the extinction rebellion came through, I had no idea what they were or what they were doing. And then I saw that there was maybe a crowd of a thousand people. And it's just the, the start. Uh, they were all like young mothers and they were holding their like children saying, Oh, we need to, protect the future. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, I put the 200 mil lens on and then like that helped me bypass the police. Cause I thought they did think I was press. Right. Only one person asked me for my press pass, which <laughs> I don't have because right, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not a photographer full time. Um, this is ridiculous because yeah. you're just out in public taking pictures yeah. and these people are just out in public protesting. Yeah. So you have the right to document it. Yeah. So that's what I did. I documented and um, there was like free groups. So these like these young parents coming through with their children uh, near parliament. And then we got to like near 10 Downing Street near the Cenotaph and there was people that had um, handcuffed themselves <sighs> together and they were just, um, they were, like right in the center of the road. So like no traffic could come by. Well, they had to close the roads down just because of the sheer numbers. Yeah. And um, the police were using like power tools to remove these bloody handcuffs from the uh, yeah. protests. And um, it was quite an interesting photo. It was hard to capture because there was quite a lot of people, but they were using like riot shields to try to um, deflect the, the 
the sh- like the shard. Like, oh, wow. Like, okay. Like the sparks coming yeah, the off sparks. the thing. So right. they were trying to like deflect that. And it was like, oh my God. And then like the, the moment they freed somebody, they would um, like literally pick them off the ground. There'd be five or six like policemen uh, picking up like protester up. And then they would run them into the nearest building. Right. And there was so many arrests. I took a photo of a bloke that I found out got arrested. He was like a 92 year old. Right. He was in his like mid to late nineties. And um, yeah, it was like, it's, it's crazy because it's not just the young people getting involved in the extinction rebellion. It's like older people as well, which is quite, quite, I was quite shocked by because it's not normally the older people aren't willing to go to the street as much as, younger people were in my experience. I think when you get a bit like, I'm not older, yeah. but I think as you get older, you just start to realize that certain things are symbolic yeah. to you, mm. but not to everybody. Yeah, And I think a lot of protest is just dismissed by the, regardless of what you think you're, you're nobly saying to people or how you think you're shining a torch on something. You know, if you've got someone that's 80 years old, you think of what they've seen in their lifetime. You're not educating them. Mm. Yeah. You know I mean, they've seen everything. Yeah. So they're so, going to be pretty grounded in their own beliefs. Exactly. And and also when we're losing this, and I think it's a very sad thing we're losing. Um, I don't want this to be an entirely political thing, but one thing I think is really sad we're losing is the old school thing of vote for who you want to vote for. Yeah. And then shut up. Yeah, I agree. And like, don't talk to other people about who they should or shouldn't vote for. If you want to do that, go out and campaign, go out and Mm. like leaflet. Find people that are like-minded because you see it quite a lot on social media and it's creating so much friction is all this politics. Like, and it's causing people's friendships to break down over like a few Facebook posts. Uh, Yeah. And the problem as well with that is that if you actually strap these people down, and had them, and you could somehow cut the head open and get all of the information they actually have. They don't have much. Yeah. And I don't mean if you're on the left or if you're on the right, or if you like, yeah. you know, if you believe in global warming or if you don't believe whatever, I don't yeah. like, it's not about the actual particular issue. Nobody's well read anymore. Yeah. People will listen to um, a podcast or they'll, they'll read one, one paragraph from an article. Yeah they'll find a couple of little buzzwords or sentences and that's it. Mm. They go out and now they're militant about it. Yeah. And anyone that doesn't agree with them purely for having not been exposed to the same article is like an asshole and mm. a bad, yeah. a bad person. Mm. And the problem is, is that the, the, the civil discourse is completely broken down. Um, and it just makes, the problem is you don't want to politicize everything. But everything now is politicized. Yeah. And, and actually there was a government advert a few years ago in England for definite. I don't know if this was like a common thing around Britain or if it was common around the world, but there was this thing of like, oh, I'm not really, there's, there's two guys. One's like, oh, I'm not really into politics. And then it's like, oh, so you're not into like traffic. So you're not into how the <laughs> hospitals are run. And it's like, oh, actually I think I am into politics. It's like, great. So now yeah. everything's politicized. Yeah. And it makes- which which. What they were trying to do, I think, was make people care about certain issues. Like, you should have an opinion. You should be well-read enough to have an opinion. Yeah. But all anyone heard was, I should have an opinion. Yeah. And that's all they have. It's just like, I have an opinion. I've only just formed it, but I'll die on it. It's pretty crazy because I'm the type of person where if somebody can present me evidence or, like like talk to me in like a debating manner, Mm. I'm willing to change my mind. Right. Like, if I agree a a new way is better... I'll take it because I, I studied science in uni and if you, if a theory is proven wrong and you can 
show the evidence, you got, you have well, to that's, accept you, that shouldn't it. be a type of person. That should, yeah. that should just be people. Yeah, you should, should if you can be proven sense. wrong, then you just you change to what the thing. Like, if you thought the Earth was flat, and then someone points out that it isn't, and they show you scientifically how it isn't, you go, "Cool, now I know it's not. I'll go down that route, and I don't <laughs> need to live or die on that." Yeah, you know. I mean, to to go back in the more of a photographic sense, some of the pictures I saw from the Extinction Rally I thought were really, really clever. Mm. There was uh, one picture in particular after the after sort of like what do you call it the aftermath of what they'd yeah. done to a certain area, and it's just covered in paper. That was leaflets about the extinction, not, yeah. about not creating junk mail or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and it was like protest signs left on the floor, litter everywhere, yeah, it, and so okay, so no one knows what they're doing. Nobody practices what they're preaching. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Everyone's good at spending someone else's money and mm. someone else's time, but when it comes to doing it yourself, it's kind of like yeah, yeah. Because as a photographer, I didn't know what they were. I sort of was finding out <coughs> um, throughout the day. So I was talking to like the police and the protesters alike and right. just like getting involved. Cause I had the camera with the, the like the white lens on. Yeah. It sort of brings you away from that. So you, the good thing about um, photography is you can become more of a spectator rather than getting actively involved. Well, that's actually just to jump down that. Cause you've pretty much gone exactly where I want you to go. Yeah. Regardless of you personally, I'm not asking for your personal opinion here, Yeah, but did you see a lot of people or do you think it's the case that a lot of people photograph a protest or a political event in a certain way to make it look like it went a certain way? Yeah. So I'm, yeah, you see people like they photograph on the more like, uh, the, the more like active members that are causing more trouble. Yeah. So like to make it look like yeah, it was an, un, an unfriendly. Sort yeah. Of protest. So you can t definitely tell when, cause I saw a few members of professional press there and you can tell they, they've been given an agenda to right. photograph. So you're like with the guys handcuffs together, they're going to be getting quite into that to show that, that they're, they're disruptive. But if yeah. you've got like, a, I don't know, like a, an environmental magazine there, They'll probably be protest. Uh, they'll show people like smiling and yeah, singing and so laughing. Because the Bishop of Liverpool or something turned up to do a speech, so they'll probably photograph that to show that it's having a wide like I see. thing. But I was um, just neutral, so that was I saw I could photograph it in any way I sort of chose. Yeah, because I was go going to I was trying to capture more creative shots rather than dramatic shots. Right, because like narrative, creative, yeah, right, rather than just having an agenda because obviously it was, it was sprung on you. You said you didn't know yeah, it was, it was so, going on. Did you like, did you sort of chase whatever happened and just kind of frame it? Or did you suddenly think like, okay, I want to get a picture that's like this. Yeah. Or did you just kind of, did you so, kind of go with what happened? I just sort of went with what happened because I was with a friend and the whole purpose of the day was to teach him the basics, right? which I, couldn't do because it was too busy. That's a good way to learn the basics. Yeah. It's just a big violent protest. So I was like, <laughs> chuck it on manual or chuck it on aperture priority and see see what happens. Yeah. And um just get involved. Don't worry about like the police, like as long as you can you can explain what you're doing, you'll be okay. Yeah. Like as long as you're not being disruptive, you'll be okay. And then I just I just photographed it as it went along. So we started at Parliament and finished in uh, Trafalgar Square because that was the stretch. There was more in London, but I think they've been closed down by that point. Right. And it, that 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 stretch of road took maybe three hours to get through because it was quite quite busy. Yeah. And um and then uh, we got past uh, the 
Downing Street yeah. and there was people playing drums and dancing about and stuff. So I took super photos. helpful stuff. Yeah. It's definitely going to change yeah. the world. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, just, uh, it was crazy. Like, but then I was like, cause I have a bit more confidence in my friends. I was like going in the actual crowd of, um, like protesters, ex- protesters and, um, photographing them like, like one-on-one, like, right. So like, did you do like, did you say to people, can I take your picture? Or were no, you, you no, were just kind of like getting it, was, it as it happened? Yeah, I got it as it happened because there's so many photographers there. You'd be, it'd be quite, um, it would slow your pace of work down if you were, um, photographing people with permission. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. But when, when I, fo- I did photograph a few police people and I said, do you mind if I take your photo? Like just, out of respect because you don't mm. like the last thing you want to do is like be pissing off the police right. when they're well, trying to handle. Unless you're part of the protest. Yeah. It's like when they're trying to handle something that could yeah. potentially kick off. Yeah. Because you could tell there was like more vocal protests. I think maybe some people were protesting just for the sake of protesting. Oh yeah. Rather than all being committed well, I, to the climate. I mean, you're, you're, you're a young man. I remember, do you remember the student riots oh. going back, I don't know, in the last decade when, um, they put up the university fees and the, oh, just yeah. London got torn apart. Mm. Oh, like the game. average age of the, if you look, for, seriously, I promise you, this is the funniest thing. Go back and look through the pictures, like the the archived pictures um, from news reports of the student riots. Everyone's over 30. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, hang on, all of you are students? Yeah. I feel like some of you are just into smashing windows and mm. um, yeah. So when I say about like asking permission, I don't necessarily mean like asking permission in the sense of like you wouldn't take a picture of someone doing something. I mean in the sense of like, did you do portraits uh, or were you just taking pictures of like reportage? I uh, just like reportage. Right. So like, cause I, at this point I had the 200 mil lens on. Yeah. I could have quite a distance between me and my subject and still get something that captures something that resembles a portrait. Yeah. But I was um, anticipating my shots. Right. So I was watching how certain people were behaving. Yeah. And, and then I would set up and wait for that sh- that shot. Yeah. Which was quite good. And I got and some that's really, really good street photography. That's pretty much the game, right? Yeah. That's- it's just to anticipate. And sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you, <clears throat> yeah. you don't. And when you get, when like, I mean, I'm not a good street photographer by any stretch, but when you sort of, you're like, I think something's going to happen here. I'll follow this person. Yeah. And you wait and you wait and you wait and then it actually happens. Yeah. That's a good feeling. It is a good feeling when you, you, and then you miss focus and you want to throw your camera off. Oh yeah. Like, Cause I, <laughs> I use a bloody, I use a secondhand 50 mil lens that I paid 50 quid for. Yeah. And sometimes that does fail me. I'm just like, oh, yeah. Fuck. I'm, I'm dealing with like a, a really stupid issue right now. So obviously with the switch over in camera yeah. systems, I'm still working out like the characteristics of the camera and I've had a slight focusing issue. And I mean, like, I'm not saying slight as in, like, I've got to protect my purchase. Because if it was fucked up, I'd be the first person to, like, throw that thing against the wall. <laughs> um, but it's, like, a really weird trait of the camera, which is if you press the shutter button all the way down, but it doesn't acquire focus, it'll just take a picture. Oh, really? I don't want that. Yeah, because then you're wasting your Because I've had memory. Canon for yeah. years, yeah. and it doesn't do that. Well, it, it does a few things. You waste your memory for definite. But on top of that, I don't really know how to say this and not sound like me, but I would call it like photographer's premature ejaculation <laughs> where yeah. like you're walking and your camera just goes click yeah, and you're like, 
uh, oh, it doesn't happen all the time. It's, <laughs> there's just this one thing. I've been working really hard lately. And yeah, I'm just stressed out. My yeah, camera's stressed out. Look, right? it's, it's first time. Um, and it's it's just like a really weird, like fucking annoying thing. And the problem I found like with uh, weddings when I'm doing candids, which is kind of similar to street photography. I always yeah, think you if, have to be quite... You have to anticipate. Yeah, and you, you have to be like, quite reactionary. And you have to learn the... Kate, like one of the most important things I've actually been sort of stressing. I did a workshop last week teaching about breaking into weddings is just listen to the cadence of the way people talk mm. because you, if you can't hear something, you're too far away or there's, there's 50,000, you know, stories going on at once. And you've got people at the bar clinking and smashing yeah. glasses and all sorts going on. And you're trying to get like this one moment and you've got it all nicely framed up through all the guests and stuff, but you're not sure when the moment's going to be, you have to learn to listen to the cadence. Yeah. So you don't have to know what they're saying, but when the guy's like, <laughs> you know that's the moment that yeah. you're going to get your shot. Yeah. Um, and just that anticipation, it, you lose it completely when your camera takes a picture or it makes a sound, off. and everyone turns around, and looks at you, and you're just like, "Well, I fucked everything, didn't yeah. I? That's great. I've got. I've now got to like go and figure out another way into this scene so, where so people aren't aware like, of me." The Fuji doesn't not have like a back button focus. Yeah, I just don't back button oh, focus. Oh. I just can't stand it. <laughs> I cannot stand it. I I'll tell you what it is, is. I find it unbalances me. Yeah. Which is the stupidest thing. But I, th I think if I was to put like enough effort in, like I've got some time off now. If I was to be like, I'm going to learn, not learn to back button, but I'm going to learn to like it. Yeah. I'm going to learn to kind of ag accept it as the way it is. I could do that over the next couple of months and then I'd be fine. Yeah. But I just find when I'm shooting, it just, the weight in my hands just it, goes unbalanced. Yeah. It, I find the same. I only use back button focus when I'm, uh, photographing sporting events. Yeah. So like, uh, like when I do motocross, like, um, it's just handy because you, oh, it's, you, it's have, to perfect, have, you yeah. have to track your subjects because it's moving quite quickly. Oh, exactly. But yeah. like when street photography, I'm the same, I'm just using shutter to focus and I can imagine that premature ejaculation. Yeah. Pretty I, I, I need to streets. think of a better word for it, but it's like <laughs> premature, premature, like shutterlation or something. <laughs> but it's like, like that click just kills you and yeah. you get like someone turn around. I've, I've, I've I've had it go. The last wedding I did, there was a guy who was just about to tell a joke. I'm not kidding you. There's like eight women around him, and he's like arms out, drinking yeah. one hand. It looks like a really cool like shot, proper hero moment. And it just clicked just before he's got to the punchline. Like three of the girls have turned around and realised I'm there. Uh, I'm like, and I've lost it. I've lost like exactly what I wanted here, and I can't work out quite why the problem's occurring. But I'll get to the bottom of it. No one cares. I'm going to move on. Uh, it was pretty interesting <coughs> though, because that's what you have to do as a photographer. I don't think people appreciate that you come across these hurdles. Yeah. And until you tackle that one hurdle, you're, you're stuck. Like. I'll tell you, I'll tell, give you a perfect example. This is like a serious issue I had at the last wedding. So I do a full group. Um, generally, I do a full group. And the way that we do it, because I, I, I hate, a lot about English wedding photography. I don't like a lot of the tropes. You know, the go up on the balcony and shoot down. Oh the yeah, people. the stairs Can't stand and it. all this sort of Can't thing. Can't stand it. Mm. So um, I do stitch panoramic. So we get everyone lined up and it's like super wide. So like you can have yeah. 120 people wide. And then what I do is I take pictures from the left to the right, stitch them together. And to me, it's just a more interesting way of doing it. Mm. No one actually really cares about that picture being... No one's like, oh, but I wanted it to be five by seven. People like that it's a pano, it can go in a book or you can yeah. go and get a pano made, um, like canvas or whatever. And I have the same little um, bullshit at the beginning of every one that I do because I have to 
like psychologically, I have to make people aware that I'm the photographer because I've spent the whole day trying to not be noticed. Yeah. And um, so I have to, I have to make people aware that I'm the photographer, but I also have to explain to them what I need from them for the purpose of this. And you have to do it in a way that gives them as little information as possible because the more they know, the more that, like, especially guys will fuck with you. Yeah, and they'll yeah, do, yeah, do something yeah. to ruin it. Yeah. So you can't say like, don't move around too much because then you'll get some guy waving his arms and it just kills yeah. the photo. So I have the same thing, which is just as we're about to finish um, getting everyone in order, Jamila's just lining up the last couple of people, making sure the short, you know, the short asses move forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always do the same thing, which is like, just before we take this picture, I just want to double check. Can everyone that's single, please put their hands up. And then you get like, like four or five people put their hands up. And then I just say, look, if you do wake up tomorrow with someone that didn't just have their hands up, you've probably messed up. And you get a few people like, oh, that's quite funny. You know, yeah. it's, it's like an okay <laughs> joke. It kills the tension of the photo. Yeah, that's a pretty good method. And then I go, right, so what's going to happen here is I'm going to take pictures from the left or the right. When the camera's pointing at you, it's the best day of your life. Once it's gone past you, you are legally allowed to think whatever you want unless you're in the middle. <laughs> that's the, the same line I give every time. And we'd, it'd taken us like, I don't know, five minutes to get this group together. Uh, less less than five minutes to get them from one side of a building to another and get the group together. Like no time at all. That's pretty good. And as I get to the end of the who's single bit, and I'm about to explain, the groom was like, yeah, can you hurry up? Oh, really? And it's just like, it flat killed any momentum I had. Yeah. And it's like, cool. I wasn't planning on taking forever. Like this isn't, you know, this isn't Cancun for me. This yeah. is, this is like the worst part of the day is yeah. trying to get through these groups. Group shots, yeah. And you just like killed me momentum wise. So I was like, yep, yeah, okay, cool. And I, I went through, did the pictures and then everyone wanted to leave because they're like, because he said, He's can you get this done? taking a long time. Now everyone's yeah, getting, and it's like, getting impatient. I, I've been to weddings where it's taken them an hour to do the group shots. We have an aim of always trying to get them done inside 15 yeah, minutes. I've done a few groups and it, it is because you have to work from the biggest group all the way down. Yeah. And it is quite time consuming. So thing. then like for the rest of the, that period of the day, I'm just fighting an uphill battle, trying to keep people there and trying to, and people don't realize like, it's not, I make the joke about being a photographer is just pushing the button. What, what you're paid for as a photographer is literally everything but being a photographer. You're paid as like the guy, like I frame up other people's phone shots. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So they get a better photo. Like when yeah. Nan comes over, I'll help Nan yeah, take yeah. a picture. You know, you're making sure that the day runs to time. I've always got the kitchen in mind. So I want to make sure we don't make the kitchen late because then everyone's food's going to be mm. shit. And then there's a reason for everyone to be annoyed at the photographer. So yeah. we always make sure that's okay. And And it's just so funny to me that, like, I think I'm very fatigued. So I'm going to be very like negative generally about. Um, yeah. You've just finished your season. Just so, finished. Yeah. My, I'm, I'm now out of season. So <laughs> um, it just, there's so many things that, that can be so much worse if your photographer doesn't know what he's doing. And that's the, or, or she knows what she's doing. Yeah. That it can be like mind numbing when people are just like, ah, he takes a couple of pictures. And you're yeah. like, I've done a lot today. Like I've moved yeah. chairs. I've, I've, I've made sure this scheduling happens. I made sure that the cake was moved. So you didn't have a fire hydrant behind it. <laughs> you know, I've made sure that in bride prep, you actually knew to have a piss before you got in your dress that yeah. you were in your dress at the right yeah. time. We made sure that dad saw you without like wandering in the room. And there was like Sainsbury's bags everywhere. Yeah. Like we have had to think about a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And like, you know, you get like the florist and I, I don't get me wrong. I absolutely love florists. I absolutely love every part of a wedding is fun. But like you'll get like a florist or bar staff or someone that's like long day, and you're like, is it? <laughs> is it? 
Like yeah. I didn't see daylight before I got here, and I'm not going to see it when I get no, home. It is uh, some weddings can last up to 14 hours. Can't no, they, yeah, I think the longest I've ever been out for a, for a wedding was 18 hours. Like oh from from leaving the house to getting back. Yeah, because you you cover nationwide, don't you? So yeah. you have to do quite a lot of travel because yeah, we're, we're I, in the south of England. So if somebody's up and it north, was it was worse a year yeah. ago because I was in Sussex. Yeah. So like I had to the do an M25, hour. I had to do an hour before I hit the M25, and then from the M25, it's like a nightmare. Jesus. So, um. And you, you're obviously you've we've talked at length a bit about you kind of wanting to get into weddings. Yeah, what yeah. is it about weddings that's attractive? Well, it's just it's nice because it's um, it combines quite a lot of different genres of photography. Yeah. So like it brings like like if you do, I started learning with street, and I would say there's a lot of skills that translate from street to weddings. You have to yeah like anticipate your shots and be be have the reactions to capture them. Yeah. But you, it's also, it's like a good way to talk. I, I love meeting people and yeah. you meet so many different people in weddings and it's so important because nobody gets married twice. So I quite like the responsibility, the idea of the responsibility. Yeah, yeah. But like at the same time, it's- You mean, just to clarify here, you mean- Two people don't get married to each other twice. Yeah, because oh, I've yeah. done some weddings yeah. where they've been married before. <laughs> oh, yeah, repeat customers. That's when you know you're a good photographer when you have repeat customers. It's when you know that they're really good at picking a photographer, but really bad at picking a partner. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's um, yeah, and my mum's a wedding florist as well. Okay, so oh, um, I see. That's why your face lit up when I yeah. said florist, right? <laughs> so um, so it's just like a nice. So I, I know a bit about the industry through my mum, but like um, and it's just a good way to grow as a photographer. Yes. Yeah. I would, and I also would say it's quite um, like not no offense, but it's more stable than some other industries in photography. Oh, yeah. Like I wouldn't want to be like a like a photojournalist because you have got to compete with people on their phones. Now. Oh, it's vicious as yeah. well. It's like vicious. Mm. And nowadays, I think um, I was being told this the other day: news and pornography have gone down the same route. Mm. This is I thought this was a fascinating comparison. Was that like now? Because everyone has a recording device on them, people just accept the quality of a phone. Yeah. We're just open to it. So yeah. now, like pornography studios in America, they're doing well. I'm sure they're not struggling. Yeah. But they've taken a hit because of the amount of like people, people at home that can just yeah. use a phone and then upload. I don't imagine pornography is quite hard to monetize either. Especially no, if exactly. you're attracted like bloody have you heard of OnlyFans and stuff right, like exactly. this? Right, exactly. So like, you've got you've got like the the way to monetize it and the easy way to record it and yeah. so on. And there's always gonna be a demand. Mm. It's the same with the news. Like you have an event happen yeah. and someone's gonna buy the phone recording that's going to make people feel like they were there. Yeah. And they don't have to pay as much. So the photojournalist or the the video whatever the the video journalist equivalent would be the AV journalist. They, they then have to get something like way over and above. Yeah. You have to like, cause when I do street photography in London, like um, I have to take my laptop with me right? just in case I do capture something that publishers might want. Right. And you have to like, you, you have to know when you've caught something through the camera and then you have to run to like somewhere with Wi-Fi, yeah. and edit it and then send it off right. where somebody on a phone and just take the photo and tweet it to the whoever they want to yeah. get it published by. I think that's the problem with me, with the idea of me being like a photojournalist. I'd never want to do it, if I'm completely honest. And yeah. there's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just something I don't think my personality is suited for. I would be the person that got a, the, the picture of 9-11, and I wouldn't send it to anyone until the 18th. Yeah. Because I was like doing other stuff. I, yeah. I like, that's how bad I would be at doing that as a yeah. job. Um, like, like you say, like, oh, I'll take my laptop. I just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it'd be fine. 
Yeah. No, I'll, I'll just get to it when I get to it. <laughs> and I've like, been that's in that the position. Worst and then sometimes, like a week later, somebody <clears throat> might buy a photo or ask to have it published. Yeah. And yeah, but it's, but like, I, it's when it comes to photo journalism, uh, street, that will always be a hobby. So yeah. I think it's just, even professional street photographers have a hard time monetizing what yeah, they do. Yeah. So, but weddings, like it's, it's a stable industry and it's, um, and it's, it's just nice environment because where I work, it can be like quite morbid. So I work in healthcare yeah, and it, not currently, but in my past, I've done quite a lot of end of life care right? and weddings is it's just, it's just the polar opposite of that because yeah. you're photographing somebody that's beginning their life rather than what I'm used to where they're. Yeah, to yeah. the end. Yeah, no. So it's, completely. it's it's quite a nice transition away from that, and it balances out the life quite nice. Yeah, I think there's, there's a there's a lot of I don't think there's another area of photography that's talked about more more inaccurately by people that don't do it. Yeah, that's the one thing with wedding photography. I very rarely talk to other wedding photographers. With unfortunately, they tend to be quite territorial, and everyone's yeah. kind of scared that you're going to come and take over their territory. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. If you're going to take over mine, you're going to do it. Us talking to each other wouldn't change that. No, that's that's one of the major hurdles I come across like at this moment in my career is because I I haven't photographed many weddings. I want to second shoot. And yeah. I'm willing to second shoot for people for free. Yeah. But I find it difficult to get responses from people that yeah. are willing to take on. Well, uh, people, second people generally are just terrified. Um, I think, well, I mean, what was the recession? 2006, 2008? Yeah, around that. that time. Yeah. I think people are terrified that like, it's a really good time to be self-employed. Mm. Now is a really good time. Because, you know, social media makes it very easy to market yourself and lots of in industry insider stuff is now open to the public. So yeah. you can be completely new to doing something, but you can learn a lot in a very short amount of time. Yeah. And you can learn as much as you want to learn as well. I think people are very scared to lose their business. And I also think a lot of people spend... And I always talk about social media and I've got to learn to stop doing it. <laughs> uh, this year has been my obsession. And I don't mean an obsession in the sense of being on it, but I, I, like from a psychological point of view, I'm fascinated by yeah, people on social media. Well, the Facebook is built by psychologists, <coughs> isn't it? Like the right. social media is like, there's a lot of psychology to just keep you scrolling. Well, I think the problem with being self-employed and social media is that, um, and if you work in a positive industry, and there are obviously, like you say, there are negative industries as well. If you work in a positive, where everything has to be positive and smiles and arm oh, waving, yeah, yeah. is that you don't want to put out that something was hard work or that something was difficult mm. or that something's not to your taste or that you don't know something. Like those are all the things you can't put out there. Yeah. And in the old days, you just didn't put it out there. Yeah. But now, basically, if you reverse engineer every tweet or Facebook post you see by a company, you see what they're actually saying which is they're telling you their weakness. Yeah. The more they brag about something, the more that they are padding a weakness. Yeah. So when you have um, like a second shooter come along, uh, come along to a wedding, like you get asked some bizarre questions, like straight up. Like I've never been asked such weird questions as I have by second shooters. And sometimes you have to deal with really bizarre behavior. I've had one I can think of this year, which took some time to recover if I'm completely honest, because like, you're just like, I don't know if I could put up with that every, like really? that could damage my business. That was, it was that bad. Yeah, oh yeah. And where people are so keen to seem like they know it all on, on their like social presence, 
when you're then in a position where you've got this person who's outside of your comfortability circle and they go, well, why don't you do it like this? And you don't have an answer. Yeah. That, that just crumbles yeah. that little sandcastle you've built your whole business on. Yeah, because everyone has their style. Like yeah. you look at most wedding photographers and they all have a style where you can recognize their image yeah. and tell who shot it before you see the name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, Th that's a sign of a good photographer, yeah. I think. And Even you, if you don't like the style, the yeah. fact that they have something is great. Yeah. It's because you, I think it's a like when somebody can't develop a style, that's when you've got to watch out because then they're going to be a bit more um, unpredictable, I guess. Yeah. So it's, it's an iPod shuffle. Yeah. You're, you're, you don't know what you're going to get next. Yeah. Um, and I think when someone can't develop a style, it probably tells you that they're not enjoying it. Yeah. As much as they should be. Yeah. And I like, I love your style. It's, it's so colorful. It's, um, it's like, it, it breaks the mold a little bit because most wedding photographers I see on Instagram, their photos are quite almost overexposed. Right. And yours are very clear and like, and you're like, you're, I love your like lay flats and. Oh, that's all Jamila. Yeah. Gotta, gotta yeah. give props to Jamila there. <laughs> yeah, she does some good work. She's, she's a yeah. talent, honestly. But like your, I love your style and, uh, what, cause we met maybe two years ago at one of your workshops. Right. And it was one of your images that made me decide to come to your workshop. I think it was, um, I think you told the story and you had to get in like the lake, not the lake, but the, the, the rock pool to, uh, it was, just, it was in Devon. I had, to get yeah. in, I had to get in the sea. Yeah. Yeah. Up to my way. And it's such a good show. And that, that shows your dedication as well. It also shows I don't plan very well because yeah. I didn't have spare shoes or trousers. So that, like with four hours to go, I was just walking around like a complete flat. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's like, it's, it's always nice when, when like, so thank you. It's nice to have like compliments about your style and stuff. I do worry. Like, I think everybody who's a creative does. Yeah. Like I look at what's popular and my natural inclination, and it comes from, um, other things other than photography, but my natural inclination is to go against the tide. Yeah. Because I think the second you go with the tide, someone's already ahead of you. Yeah. Somebody's going to have mastered it a long time before you ever will. Exactly. And then they are, they kind of, they get ahead of the trend and they become the trendsetter. And then yeah. it's like, okay, everyone's doing like at the moment. So to completely go off of wedding photography, but photography in general, these like absolutely trendy photography means. Yes. The, the, the pictures of cameras in oh, hands and lens balls and yeah. bloody, oh, it's, it's horrible. Like, right. And if you, if you now bought into it like today, so wh whatever the date is today, like say the 10th, I don't know, it's like 10th of December, say, yeah. um, 2019, if you decided I'm going to get into like lens balls and smoke bombs <sighs> and pictures of Sony's close up, <laughs> like how many, hundreds of thousands of idiots are already doing that stuff. Yeah. And, um, I used to quite enjoy that type of photography until I realized how bloody trendy it was. Yeah. Like, um, I followed a guy called David Wallace on uh, Instagram and I think he was a trendsetter. Like right. I was following him maybe five years ago and now it just seems every other photographer, YouTubers especially are doing this style. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, YouTube is, oh, YouTube's a tough one because yeah. I think YouTube is, dangerously close to killing photography I for a lot so. of people. Yeah. They um, say if you don't have like a Sony a seven Mark three or whatever it is, then yeah. you can't be a photographer. Yeah. And, and like, there's a load of emphasis on gear by the people that are making money out of telling you what gear to like. And there is a distinct lack of skills like yeah. all over. Yeah. Like all over. And I'm by no means am I the most skilled person. Like I sit, like the last week. So I'd finished my last wedding last Saturday, last one for the year. Don't have another one till mid February. 
And every night this week, I have had at least an hour of like reflection of sitting down and taking notes on what I want to work on, what I want to change, how I want to improve, what basically what I hate about myself at the moment. And I'm yeah. trying to figure that out. So it's not me being like, oh, I know everything because I'm like a million miles from it. Yeah, you you want to develop, you want to get better. But you look at some some people on YouTube and like, if you took away shallow depth of field and a sexually attractive woman. Then they're not a photographer anymore. (laughs) God, they've got nothing. They've got like nothing. It's the same, the video equivalent, because I watch a lot of videography stuff as well. Not because I have a particular interest in it, but think videographers have a very different way of framing stuff yeah i tried it and it's so difficult yeah i think you have to have it's the difficult mindset. to be good yeah yeah it's easy to like point the camera at a thing and record yeah it. um but their their equivalent is the slow-mo yeah like the stupidly slow slow-mo it's like yeah. great it's taking like 15 minutes to show me something dropping onto a table or yeah. whatever but at the end of the day what have you shown me yeah the slow-mo hasn't done it it's, it's Zack snyder slow-mo it doesn't do anything no. it's just cool man yeah it's like oh, cool close-up <laughs> <laughs> i mean with with respects to like street photography i've always said to people if, if you're if you're interested in weddings the best practice is street yeah i would agree because you're doing the same thing you're you're trying to create visual narrative out of one frame so you're trying to tell something there has to be something to the story that you're telling. Yeah. Um, and you don't have the control like you don't with a wedding. Uh, so many people, when they want to get into weddings, the first thing they do is they go and book like a model yeah. to wear a, a wedding dress. And then they take pictures like, awesome, have fun. Yeah. Like have the best they're time gonna, trying to figure that they're out. They're going to struggle because a wedding happens quick. Quickly. You won't have the time. Yeah. You won't have the same energy. You'll have someone who's less comfortable in front of a camera. You've also just put off 90% of your market because you've used a model. Yeah. And pe- other women, generally other women, not to not to completely tar with brushes, but generally women will not want to see pictures of models. They'll yeah. want to see pictures of real brides. Yeah, average people. Yeah. Rather so, than just like- so you've basically just counter, countered any chance you had of making progress. You've just wasted a shoot yeah. to end up with a pretty picture so that your auntie can tell you you're the best wedding photographer in the world. Yeah. And then with street as well, you're, you're also learning how to interact with people you've never met before, Yeah. whether it be positive or negative. Sometimes you have to like try to defuse people that don't want their photo taken Yeah. and you say, Oh, I'm really sorry. I'll delete it. And you show, show. Uh, see, that's what you're yeah. wrong. That's not what you do is you learn how to say, sorry, I don't speak English oh, right. in any yeah. other language. <laughs> and then generally I'd suggest Hungarian because yeah. no one speaks Hungarian. And then, and then record on dual SIM, uh, not dual SIMs, dual uh, cards. Dual cards so yeah. you don't, um, so you don't lose one of your images. <laughs> I think I think generally, as long as you're not an intrusive dickhead with with like, if someone's crying and you're like in oh, yeah. their face taking a picture, or m- like a personal bugbear for me is is like homeless people. Oh yeah, people really overdo the homeless thing. Yeah. I mean, maybe not as much now, but I remember I got into trendy. photography what 2013, and it was like the thing. Like everyone was, oh, I'm a street photographer, yeah. and it's just like a bum on yeah. the floor. Yeah. Oh, it's so, so artistic. There's it's so like, much story. Yeah. There's so much narrative. But yeah, it doesn't show anything unless you're like, uh, I don't know, like if you're actually showing that person how they live rather than you've just said, here's a fiver, mate. Can you hold up a sign or something? Yeah. It's like, there's no art there. Like, no. And then like you can, some is what I like about street photography as well. When somebody sees you, you've taken a photo of them and that, and then you can see they're flattered that they're, good enough to be a subject. Right. And then you give them that like cheeky nod and then like, like give you the thumbs up or whatever. Yeah. And that's always good. Well, I've had, I've had a couple of like, I've never had a particularly bad interaction with, with street photography that I can remember. Um, 
I've, I've, I've like, I like, I like to ask people if I can take a portrait because I just yeah. think that they look interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm not, by no means am I good at street photography at all. One of the main reasons is because I just can't really focus on what it is I want to get. Yeah. With a wedding, it's kind of obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas with street, I've got too many options mm. and my brain is just too short of an attention span yeah. where I'm like, there's a thing. Yeah. Someone jingles some keys and I go off in another <laughs> direction. Um, but one of the best things about street photography with relation to weddings and how it helps is exactly what you're saying is, is, um, and I think I talked about this when we first met was you, the most important thing is that you get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Cause there's going to be times you have to take a picture when someone's staring at you, mm. not maybe your subject, but there's someone just off from your subject. Yeah. who's like not happy that you're taking a picture or that they are just completely clueless to how they interact with a camera. Yeah. You just have to like get on with it. You don't have a choice. Yeah. And street helps you do that. It does. Yeah. Especially because in some weddings you probably have experienced in your time. You, there's sometimes a camera geek that's a guest yeah. and they'll always approach you and talk about, Oh, why are you not using the Canon 5D Mark IV or, yeah. or something? It's like, it's cause I, it, it still does the job, mate. Like I'm yeah. here to capture yeah. it. Like they hired me, not you. Like, yeah. <laughs> But like, I've always had like two sort of solutions or two ways of dealing with the, like the negative side of, of a camera person. Yeah. The first is you just give them enough rope. Yeah. And they'll hang themselves. Like you just get like, like you say, like, oh, I'm surprised I didn't book you. Yeah. Um, do you do wedding photography? And they're yeah. like, no. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. So like, yeah. like you, to, you've uh, deplatformed yeah. their authority. That's yeah. the first thing. The second thing, and it's like, I had to learn how to do this. So I wasn't so abrupt with the way I did this. Yeah. But when I've had people like tell me how I should be doing stuff, I hand them the camera. Yeah. That's, like a, you that's crack amazing on, mate. You crack on, mate. Yeah. I'm going to go get a drink. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, no, no. It's like, oh, okay. So I'm good and you can, you I can like go that. get that. I might use that in the future. Well, the <laughs> first couple of times I did it, the problem I have is that because I shaved my head and I've got the beard and I used to be a bit fatter, I'm at least losing a little bit of weight. Um, and uh, like quite... I'm not, I wouldn't say like I'm a loud person, but I'm not afraid to talk when yeah, I'm spoken to. Yeah, you've got that to. charisma you need. Um, when I would do the hand the camera over, it was seen as really aggressive. Like yeah. I was basically <laughs> saying, fuck you, I'm going home. Yeah. And my point was kind of like, you know, you you, you think you're so good at this, you do it yeah, and yeah. I'll go get a Coke. That was kind of the point. It was kind of like, you know, it's a bit playful, but yeah. I wasn't coming across as playful <laughs> because I'm too deadpan. <laughs> so I've had to learn to smile when I do it. Yeah. And then it's fine. Then people will like shrivel, but also they'll understand that you're making a joke. Yeah. Um, the first, I remember the, I think the second time I ever did that, the guy was like, <laughs> oh, so you're going to give them their money back then? And I'm like, oh no, this didn't play out how I thought it would. Um, I'm joking because yeah. you're being a dick. Yeah. Like, um, yeah it's, it's the, the, since I've switched to Fuji, one thing I will say is the interactions have been a lot more positive. Like when camera people come over and they talk to me about cameras, yeah, it's been more, it hasn't been entirely positive. I had a really funny one two weeks ago where a guy was like, are you just starting out? Which I thought was <laughs> hilarious. Because the Fuji's a lot smaller than the, They're smaller yeah. and the, le the, the lens size is smaller, which I think is the main thing. Yeah. And I, oh my God, it was the funniest comment. Yeah. Like genuinely, it was a freezing cold day. <laughs> I was soaking wet. And it was like one of those days where the wedding planner had not done their job. Oh. So there was like huge gaps with nothing to do. And I wet myself laughing when he said, because he said it so earnestly. Yeah. And um, I just like, not in like a kind of like, oh, I've got to protect my ego. I thought it yeah. was 
fucking hilarious. Yeah. Also, like to think about it, if I was to go up to someone and say that, I'd be like, oh no, that's like a really rude thing to say. Yeah. But he said it so early, it was beautiful. It was a lovely moment. Uh, it's quite funny because people of, often like, associate the size with your skill. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I know idiots that can afford like uh, 5D Mark IVs and like 200 mil lenses. Yeah. So it's not it's nothing to do with how much you can afford. It's how much you actually know. Yeah. We did a wedding this year in, um, in Southampton and there was a guest there who was a bridesmaid's husband and he had... I don't know Leicas, so I'm going to get this wrong, but like a Leica M10, like yeah. the most expensive new Leica. Yeah. Like out fresh out of the box that week. Yeah. And a 5D Mark IV and like a few lenses. I think I saw him take three pictures all day, oh but like he didn't use it. He just put it down everywhere he went. So it was like visible. You want and, people to know that he could afford a what 20k camera sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And the other photographer that was there was like, obsessed that this guy must be amazing because he's got this camera. Well, yeah. not, maybe not obsessed that he's going to be amazing, but obsessed that he had this camera. Yeah. And he went over and said like, oh, are you a photographer? And the guy was like, no, not really. <laughs> so it's like, it's yeah. not indicative of you being good at anything. No. Like there's a lot of shit drivers yeah. that have nice cars. Yeah, definitely. Because I <coughs> I learned my photography on a point of shoot and then I upgraded to, I uh, don't know if you know Nikon, but I used a Nikon 3D, 3, what is it? So D three one hundred, yeah, yeah, which is like um, it was like a two hundred pound camera with a kit lens. Yeah, photographed that with that for three years. It's and like the, the Canon five fifty D, yeah, kind like of, rebel yeah. sort of equivalent. Yeah. And um, I now use the five D Mark three, and it 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 was stepping stones because you also you have to afford these things because it's not cheap, is it? No, no, God, no. No one's, yeah. no one's ever got into photography because it's cheap. Yeah. Unless they were into space travel yeah. before. Um, <laughs> no, it's. I mean. One one of the one of the sad things about the like democratization of the prices of camera stuff, like how it's gotten it's not cheap, but you can certainly get into it for cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Is that there's not a lot of good stuff about. No. There's a lot of people that are very casual with it, but very loud. Mm. So you see a lot of bad photos. Yeah. And there's obviously going to be a few a few things that are always going to get attention. Like I always find it funny when girls who take their clothes off on Instagram are amazed that they've got a hundred thousand followers. Yeah. It's like it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Like, like can we figure out how you've ended up in this position? It's so confusing <laughs> yeah. and hard to figure out. If only we knew Sherlock Holmes, he could tell us what yeah. was really going on here. <laughs> but I think Instagram's cracking down on that a little bit now, which is good. Oh, mate, when they when they kill the likes in England, yeah. when they kill the view of the like, that's going to be the funniest it's shit. It's going to be so good. I'm going to buy some popcorn. Yeah, I'm just going to enjoy Watch a whole YouTube day of life. Drama. It's yeah, gonna be I good. can't wait because <laughs> I know, I know, God, I know several people that if you were to take. If, if you if Instagram went bust, I know it can't, but let's just be theoretical. Yeah. If today Instagram went, we're out of money, gone, and they deleted the app, I know people that would have to be put on suicide watch. Yeah, because because they've got nothing else going on. Some people live on Instagram, and um, these influencers, they're they're just crazy. I had a guy influen influencers in brackets co um, contact me. 
He's like, oh, I love your stuff. I've been following you for a while. I looked, you like liked my page like a day ago. <laughs> and I was like, he's like, I would love you to photograph me. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Um, I, I don't do paid shoots. I collaborate. Right. And he was like, oh, that's fine. Look, we can collaborate, but you just need to buy me a hotel and buy my travel. I was like, wait a second, mate. You contacted me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's These the, influences the are a bit goes in that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not a real word. Yeah. It's oh. been like my, my goal this, this, podcast season was to get someone in who is solely an influencer yeah and basically have them fill in the blanks yeah. for me you cannot get them for love nor money yeah because even though they're doing nothing monday to friday at all all of them are like yeah i'm gonna need a fee and yeah it's like need that you need 20 quid yeah. to tell people to drink a tea that gives you diarrhea yeah you don't need a fee yeah it's just you like maybe i'm maybe i'm goading here but I think a lot of it is like, you know, it's not a real thing. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, you know, if, like the ones that I'm speaking to are people I know. It's like, you know, I'm going to bite on certain <laughs> things. This just won't be very, like, yeah. it won't, it won't be easy to like face tune this interview. No, it's, it's, they, they will shy away from anything that brings like um, criticism or like challenges them. Yeah. And uh, they're not going anywhere. They're here to stay now because of how, how big social media is now. Well, it's what's going to be next. That's what's amazing. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I remember Facebook coming up and that being a big thing. And now obviously that's just for like old people like yeah. me. It's just people like, people just go on Facebook now. Just what is start, it now? TikTok. <laughs> oh, mate, honestly, I've just started watching the bad ones. Yeah, I on, like, on YouTube. YouTube. Com- yeah, yeah. yeah, and you're just like... Yeah, we got like a problem. There's yeah. something in the water. There's like, like there's ev- a lot of them. Evolution's about. going backwards now. Yeah, like yeah. I think it's trying to kill us off yeah. a little bit. <laughs> um, I mean, like fortunately, places like California are going to do that because they're trying to bring back the bubonic plague as quickly as possible. Oh, brilliant! But, yeah, um, yeah. No, I like. I just think what's next because we have Facebook and then that evolved and tw- like Twitter. I think yeah. is the most evil thing on earth. I, I just use it to follow Donald Trump. He's just so funny. <laughs> Well, I, I think the problem with, with like, so Facebook to me is a conversation where no one listens to each other. Yeah. Twitter is the same thing, but there's no illusion. There's no pretending it's yeah, a conversation. Yeah. It's just shouting. Yeah, it's literally that. And then Instagram is just showing people how how good your life is. Yeah. It? Yeah. That's you basically know? it. So what's like the next evolutionary step for it is what's, what's crazy to me. I think, I don't know. I think there's a lot, there's a big tumor of politics on the side of it, which is like, depending on how the next few years go with how whiny people get and how victimized people want to be, oh, yeah. it, that could change where we go with it. But from a photographic point of view, I feel like YouTube is is dying a little bit mm. because the bigger names, I think people are, I think people like me, I want to say that I've done my bit here. I'm definitely not someone that talks myself up at all, but I've done my bit in exposing or at least vocalizing my disdain for people that are mediocre salesmen yeah who who get a following like they're jesus yeah and then they start shilling their own like presets and it's like mate i'm a photographer if i can't edit my own image yeah then i'm done yeah i'm I'm, yeah it's when you like so the the tipping point for me was throwing those photos presets yeah i'm never i've never really been a fan of him he just seems like a salesman he 
And oh, he is. Yeah. 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 Like, and, and like, what a prick. He yeah. has done some stuff to people in his life. Yeah. Like when you go back far enough in his videos and you're like, wait, who's that guy? And yeah. then you realize that he fucking screwed people yeah. over to take the business off him and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and, but the, the, the thing with the tipping point for me was his, when he released presets, cause it's like, I can't think of a single photo of yours. Yeah. Like you're not known for taking photos. Yeah. You're known for talking Reviewing and selling stuff. Gear. Yeah. Like, Who's clan? Like you're still using photos from like 2009 yeah. to advertise yourself in 2019. Yeah. That's what I, cause I was confused. Like I, I was like looking at lenses and I was like, Oh, which one do I um, buy? So I found him through reviews Yeah, and I was like, this guy's got this like lens, but he can't use it. He yeah. doesn't know what he's doing. Like, so if somebody is selling me gear, but doesn't can't take a decent photo of that gear then i just don't trust them yeah i mean i like i try and if i watch a gear sort of review video i want to find someone that i think is at least going to use the gear in a similar way to how i want to use it so if it's like a portrait lens i don't care what it's like when you go out and you take pictures of street signs to see what the background (laughs) bokeh looks like that's stupid i've seen people like when i've been looking at 100 mil macros recently yeah and i've been seeing people trying to review it get the l lens it's the it's just the it's the tits it's better than the uh the the standard yes get a used l lens just it's it's the tits it's better than yeah yeah it's a life changer when you're on canon it's a a beautiful lens but like coming back to it i see people try to use it as a portrait lens rather than a oh you can use it as a portrait lens but the problem is is that you you'll struggle to find a review for it as a macro lens yeah that's what annoyed me when i was looking because because that's what i mean i was like how close can i actually get to the subject like and then like, but everyone's like, oh, it's a portrait lens. Well, because, because when they put a picture up in the thumbnail and it's a picture of a pretty girl, yeah. you're going to click on the video, right? Yeah. Because you're dumb. Because yeah. that's what we all are. We're yeah. all just dumb people. Just click on the just best picture. Monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, um, I was looking at, um, uh, how do I describe it? So I was looking at wedding photographers who use Fuji. Before I made the switch, I was like, I need to see someone doing shit with it. Yeah. Like I need to see them doing it. I don't need to just have people online tell me you can, or I don't need to just think that I can. I need to see who is doing it. Yeah. And did you find many? I found a few and one in particular who I absolutely love his work. And the problem is, is that I'm so bad with names. I can't remember his name. I think it's John Branch, like the third it's like some really weird name. I, I can't remember. What I'll do is, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll put the link in the description so you guys can find him. He's got a wicked YouTube channel. Um, and I saw his videos. Now, he does a lot of the YouTube stuff. He does a lot of like, say nothing, but talk for 10 minutes. Yeah. Which is, the, it's the game. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's the game. It's why my YouTube channel sucks so much because I don't know how to do that. <laughs> um, but he, he roll. <laughs> I need B-roll of me making coffee for a video where I tell you that a 10 millimeter lens isn't good for portraits. Um, but he, he put up, um, videos of his like editing process and that meant I could look at the files and see what he could pull from the files. That's interesting. And then I've seen like him do, he's got one that's just gone up, which is like a full day and it shows him photographing from like a, uh, like a GoPro on him. And how people interact with the camera and stuff. Yeah. That was a that was a big change for me because I got to see it that it was it was happening the in prob- the first person as you well. You could yeah. probably win a Formula One race in a tractor if all the other cars crashed. Yeah. But I don't I don't, don't want to rely that. on yeah. that circumstance. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to see it could be done. But it was like the amount of videos I found where it was like 
the intro has like ridiculous music and yeah, graphics it's like and it cuts, graphics and it's just like it oh, cuts to on, a guy sat there he's like you can use it for weddings and like, he's cool, talking about patreon you. for three minutes before exactly, the video yeah. and it's just like come on mate yeah cut donate to now it. subscribe yeah, yeah. like and subscribe don't Buy forget to hit that bell icon yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I, that was so when i started youtube um my plan was so my initial plan with youtube was i was i deleted my portfolio and i was like i've relied on old images for too long and this, I'm burning it down. I'm starting again. I'm going to rely on my ability to yeah, keep it to fresh, move forward. Yeah. So I I burnt down the whole house, and um, start, I did the first YouTube video the day I did it, and I did this thing, and I I hadn't shaved my head, and I'm supposed to shave my head as like a sort of a um a family thing. I'm supposed to shave my head, yeah. and um, so I wore a hat. I like a fucking idiot. <laughs> I think uh, you look good in a beanie. Uh, I wasn't a beanie. It was a baseball cap. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, I, I, the problem is I already look like a redneck. So when I wear a baseball cap, it's like I look like a you redneck. You want the bloody uh, the red Donald Trump hat now. Exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I should have had the like make photography great again hat. Um, and I talked about like, I've got rid of my portfolio. Here's why. And the plan was that every video from there would be like a subsequent installment of how that's going. The problem with that is that I'm not really a big fan of BTS stuff for myself because I think for me, I focus too much on the BTS and then I lose the shoot. If there was someone creating the BTS externally to me, then that's fine, I think. But I would be too focused myself on doing the BTS more than the shoot. So then it turned into like, a not rant, but like just a place to vocalize opinions about photography. Um, I talked about like... um, one one of my favorite things with uh, photography is is chaos theory is that when you get stuck in a rut, throw in a, a wrench into the works to see how it breaks the machine up. Yeah. So you you ban yourself from using your most common lens, or you you know if you've been shooting in a particular location, that place is banned. Whatever you throw yeah. in something that just undoes it, jolts yeah. your ability to default. Yeah. Um, and I did videos like that. I talked about like how you could actually make decent portraits out of like an 80 pound lens and stuff like that. I thought it was relatively interesting, but because I didn't have like the B roll and I don't do like the, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, or the Peter McKinnon, what's going yeah, on Because I, I don't do any of that. I'd realized it wasn't particularly exciting. And then mm. I just had this kind of like meandering list of videos Yeah, um, where it wasn't really doing anything for me. And then I felt like I had to keep making stuff and so on and so forth. So the plan now with YouTube would be for me to consider how I want to do it, make it more like, um, how I do blogs, which with with blogs is like, I talk about my particular situation at any given moment, like a subject that takes my, my mind. So one of the things I'm currently writing and it's very hard to write because I'm offending a lot of people in writing it is that basically I don't want to photograph women anymore in portraiture. Yeah. I actually just want to photograph men. I want to yeah. go down that route. Um, and I have my reasons, but to write it out, you're like, that's great. But yeah. I've just pissed off at least 90% of the yeah, people that are going to read it. Because people will, they will, when you give them ammo to be offended, they will take it and run, you know? Oh, gotcha. So, um, but I can understand because if you go on websites where like, like such as like purple port or something, and you go on like a random photographer's page, most of their portfolio is going to be like 90% women. Yeah. And it's just, it's like, 
come on, mate, to have a bit of like diversity in your uh, portfolio. Like, yeah, you just ignored 50% and, of the population. Uh, but that's what annoys me about these photography forums is like, um, like Purple Port especially will run competitions and it'd be like, oh, um, seaside landscapes and it'd be some naked woman on a rock. And it's like, how is the that a best, landscape? The, the best thing with the Purple Port competitions is it could be like, like you say, seaside landscapes and then there'll just be a picture that's in the studio of a dick. <laughs> yeah, and it'll win. And you're like... yeah. And, Wait, in, not even yeah. in, in any form of interpretation that no. you ended up here. Yeah, you haven't even made the dick look like a cliffside or something. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's not even like abstract. It's <laughs> yeah. just a dick. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, I find that website. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I had someone say to me that it's North Korea with tits, and I thought that was a good way of describing yeah. it. Like, go on the forums. It's, they're pretty militant over there. Yeah, and you know, I remember years ago there was a. Uh, few years back there was a guy who made a really horrible racist joke in the forums and then obviously and i mean like i don't mean 2019 racist i mean it would have been racist in the 80s it was that racist <laughs> oh my God. and um obviously loads of people kicked up a fuss and had a go at him and then they banned the people that were having a go at him because they were like over the top about it oh really but it's like you also need to ban the guy that that's, made... That's, like, start with the guy that yeah. did the fire yeah. and then we'll deal with the people that sprayed the water. Yeah. Like, it, let's start there. Yeah. Very bizarre place. Um, it's great. I think a great character study into how people can become megalomaniacs from no success. Yeah. It's pretty crazy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And um, like you see people with like like 15 negative references and one positive and they'll be like, oh yeah, my rate's like 50 quid an hour. Yeah. And you're like, hang on, you won't even turn up and you expect a deposit. <laughs> yeah. Oh gotcha. Yeah. yeah. PayPal me. Yeah. Um, I mean, so to stay with the, like the idea of uh, maybe something that's a bit controversial, you talked about this a little bit before we came on. So you photographed a, I want to get this wrong because I'm super not posh. Okay. But like a pheasant shoot. Oh yeah, yeah. That was quite fun, yeah. Is it called a shoot? Yeah, pheasant shoot. So just... The, uh, as long as I'm not saying something stupid. Oh uh, like yeah. What I've just called it is like, by the way, a pheasant shoot for people that are listening and they only know photography, it's not where the pheasant is a model. No, yeah. It's, it's where people shoot a pheasant. They literally shoot the pheasant with a, probably like a shotgun. <laughs> right. And um, yeah, so I, um, I live in the countryside just outside of Basingstoke and um, it's a small community and I contacted the, the guy who owns all the farmland and like woodlands around the area. I was like, hey, mate, how's it going? I would love to come on a pheasant shoot because it'd be something else. It's because that's, that's close to home for me because I'm in the country and all my photography's in urban settings. It's just coincidence. Yeah. So I wanted to do something in the countryside. So I went along like for the pheasant shoot throughout the day. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was just good documenting like- what Was there any pushback? Did he worry that you might be like a- Eco no, no, because he knows he know he knows me from like down the pub sort of uh, thing. Okay. So he knows that like, I'm not like um like a snowflake or anything. <laughs> right, right. So um yeah, like um so I went along and um just we started the day. We went through the, the rules and the safety and what to do. And then uh, the guy who was running the shoot introduced me as as the photographer. Yeah. He said this is Jack, he's gonna be around, he's gonna take photos. So I, I was just do, taking photos of what I saw fit. And at the end of the day, uh, one of the blokes just said, just be careful where you put these online. Right. And he was like, yeah, I'm being serious because, and I, uh, yeah, I know myself because like, I know what the internet can be like. Right. And it was quite, quite a good fun. And I would love to do something like that again. Yeah. Because 
there is a staff, there is a category in ph- photography. I didn't know about it until after the shoot. There's a, like a gun magazine that, that will photograph f- pheasant shoots and right. the style of these um, photos are just amazing. Right. And, but yeah, it, people, some people get upset, but I, but with me, um, my morals are- People with iPhones get yeah, upset. Yeah. People, yeah. It's just like, uh, definitely. <laughs> I have an iPhone that's not a- a slight towards iPhone yeah, yeah, users, but yeah. it's, it's the idea of being very selective with your morality yeah. is the problem. But yeah. if you're going to eat it at the end of the day, we're not just killing these birds and like leaving them on the ground to rot. I also imagine yeah. you probably didn't kill three and a half million or something. No, it no. was like a pheasant or two yeah. pheasants or whatever. You wouldn't let me use my flamethrower during the yeah, shoot. No, you know, I couldn't burn down the bush. You were just um, just throwing sulfuric acid <laughs> at them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. It's, it's what I liked about what I saw of the images that you did. Um, you definitely need. Um, you need to, this is just a, literally a one-to-one thing. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you need like a blog or you need a link rather than showing images on Facebook. Cause Facebook is designed to make photographers sad yeah. with the way it compresses yeah. stuff. Um, but if you have like a link to a photo blog, then that would be wicked. Um, what I loved about the photos that you did was, um, there was like narrative, like I always talk about scene and detail. Yeah. It's like a big thing. You have to set the scene, you have to tell the story. And then the details are like um, the close-ups, you know. The, yeah, the, the, I like the details like of the guns. Um, yeah, and that's why yeah. I thought it was really cool was that like it wasn't just, here's a guy, like a lot of people I think would be uh, prone to attaching to the hero shots, a gun being fired. Yeah, I mean, I, I've nothing like this, but I photographed Jamila um, shooting in Vegas. Oh, yeah? So she went to a shooting range and I photographed her. And I realized afterwards, I, like, I just spent like an hour trying to get one photo of her where the flash of the muzzle was going mm. as she shot. And I got one. I was like, great. Yeah. There's nothing else that whole time. Yeah. Like I was so obsessed with that one I thing. was trying to get that as well because I wanted to, I was using like quite high shutter speed. I wanted to capture the pellets because yeah. I've seen this on the internet, but like no luck there, but at least I still got like the smoke coming out the end of the barrel. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's what I'm like, I, that's what I was trying to do was try to tell a story from the beginning to the end. So did, well you, did you do like research going in though? Did you look up li- some photos? A little or? bit, but it was like the night before on Google images sort of thing. <laughs> that tends to be a good way to do it. Yeah. Because if you look at stuff a week before then you, and then you forget it you in put, the week. Yeah. You yeah. put so much pressure on yourself, I think. So do you think you do it again? Oh yeah. If I got the opportunity, I'd definitely go and do things differently. Yeah. So did you give them photos? Was yeah, that, yeah. So I, the... I, I gave them photos and I, I just still need to edit some more for them. But but yeah. like the, it was a mutual agreement. So I didn't charge money just because I thought it would be good for my portfolio. And um, yeah. so I would send him photos and I would come along and maybe that was a friends and family shoot. So it wasn't one where... It wasn't one where people can like buy their way into it. Right. So it was like, like everyone, I, well, yeah, safe. And safe in the I, sense of that wasn't yeah. like an external issue. Yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't have to worry about anybody like being like, oh, don't put me on the internet sort yeah. of thing. So it was pretty, pretty good. And yeah, I would definitely recommend if you can do more, if you can get into like niches like that, go for it because it's, you don't see it that much on Instagram. It's yeah. all models. And again, it's going products. against the tide. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I think going forward into 2020 lifestyle photography is something I want to try to get my way into, like photograph how people live and what their hobbies are as well. well you've definitely got a, an eye for it. Um, on that note, is there any like uh, genres that you hate? Or like, and I mean like even other people doing them, you just hate mm. seeing them. I don't know. Like, um, 
But yeah, the trendy photography meme is definitely like yeah. a, a big hate of mine. Like yeah. it's so overdone and it's not creative. No. It's just like you're recreating shots that other people have done a thousand times. Yeah. Um, I don't know what photography I hate. Like, like it does selfies count when people are uploading like <laughs> bloody well, I think we learned last week that they make up about four times the amount of photos that are taken. Oh, yeah, the camera club. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I, there's nothing I hate um, as much. But the one thing I don't enjoy doing myself as a photographer, I don't like photographing children or babies. Right. So if somebody approaches me asking them to photograph their, like, newborn, I will, unless like, they're family or close friend, I will usually decline. Yeah. Because it's not something I enjoy. It's just there isn't any... Have you seen Spark. like the the Americans? It's definitely more of an American thing. It's everything bleeds in over here. Yeah, it does. Yeah, where you have like literally they're like fresh out the womb, basically like a couple, oh, like maybe yeah. a day or two later. Yeah, and they'd like fold them up and put them in like poses. Oh yeah, and, like while blankets. they're asleep. It's like yeah, it's well. Here, so here's a horrible story. Yeah, horrible story. So look forward to that. <laughs> um, so I've never been a fan of baby photography anyway yeah it's just not a thing and on a personal note um like we don't have kids and we almost did and we don't have kids so i don't need to fill in the blanks there. yeah um so there's there's like a bit of a personal kind of objection to kind yeah, of getting too see. much involved in that but back in 2016 i went to the photography show in birmingham and i want to point out that if you think i'm a monster for what i'm about <laughs> to say i don't care and um they had like have you been to the photography show no i missed out this year but next year it's it's a good place to go if you want to buy stuff or if you want to people watch it's a fascinating place to people <laughs> i do watch. like to people watch yeah it's definitely worth it i actually saw um uh, a really good wedding thing which i'll talk about in a minute um but so I was looking at this uh, stall that was selling like camera accessories that were aftermarket camera accessories for either like videographers or for um, like harnesses and stuff for photographers and all this yeah. other stuff. I was I was more interested in that. Like I, if I want to buy a Canon, I go to a shop. I don't go to yeah. a Canon stand. Yeah. It seems a bit stupid yeah. to me. And the guy next to me was made, like he, I wasn't with him. He was making this real fuss over something that was happening behind me. So I turn around. And at face value, there's a baby photography franchise thing, which is where you buy the brand name and then they will get you work in your area. Oh, I and see. And they take a cut of what you get. Yes. Kind of like how McDonald's is run. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize McDonald's is like franchise. People can yeah. buy a McDonald's. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, okay, baby photography. It seems like you're being a bit of a twat about this. Like yeah. it's babies. And I went back to doing what I was doing. And this guy was talking to his wife and he's just like, I can't believe that's, that they, they'd have that here. So what the fuck is this guy talking about? Yeah. So I ended up like getting pissed off and ignoring what I wanted to do just to go and find out what he was talking about. Yeah. So I walked over to this baby thing and what it was, uh, it was photography for stillborns. Oh my God. Now this might be that I am a horrible person for thinking this. Yeah. But to me and to my experiences, I don't like that there were pictures to advertise it. Yeah, that's pretty That's what that's I would pretty say. dark, isn't it? If if that's a, a line if that's a lane of thing that people who have gone through certain things like, yeah. then fine. I can understand why somebody might want that type of photo. <coughs> Absolutely. But where would you even begin to publish your portfolio? 
<laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like, it, it, the, the problem is, is that this is three and a half years ago and I am still asking questions. Yeah. Like, where do you, where do you announce that this is what you do? Yeah, like... And how do you come to the point where you're like, because the thing is, is I'm really sorry for this. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> but if you want to show that you are good at portraits, you can book a model. Yeah. You can't book you a see, model there. Do yeah, you see yeah. where I'm going with yeah. this? Like, how do you even approach people? Like, do you, do you, do you like hashtag I, it well, on from Instagram? What I'm told, from what I'm told, it's a hospital thing. Oh, I You'll see. You'll get in through the hospitals oh. and stuff. And again, that's totally fine. My biggest objection to all of this, it, at the end of the day, if it's not affecting me directly, yeah. and I wish more people would think like this, then just don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. My objection to it was the six foot high pictures. That were at the photography show. Which at the photography event. show. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, and like, it was so staggering. So I was there for two days. Yeah. Two full days. It was so staggering to me that halfway through the second day, and I saw this at the beginning of the first, I was still like, fuck Shut. is going on? Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, I'm, like, maybe it's a thing, and maybe yeah, I'm the weird one. I've, but Like, there's, like, like, you know Reddit, there's some, like, dark subreddits out there that oh, yeah. so showcase this sort of thing, and I've, I've accidentally stumbled across it on the ram, random button. But, like, bloody hell, to have that in, like, public... And, and they're yeah. handing out like things. Do you, quite, do you want to join our franchise? It's yeah. lucrative. And that's quite tra traumatizing if you if you've if you've had a stillborn yourself or like yeah, yeah like it's not something that you should be um, like trying to glamorize. I reckon. But this is this is the thing. Is How were they like, photographed? Were they like? It was like. Um, like was it like just on a still table? No, sort no, of no, thing? no, 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 no. It's photographed like there, like a live sort of thing. Yeah, like it's a baby portrait. Oh my god! It's like. I don't want to be mean to anyone that that has that and it's like their connection to yeah. what happened to them. Like emotionally, I completely get it. Yeah. Like I completely get it. Yeah, I understand. Like, But it's the advertising of it that yeah. I just... And, and it, I guess a lot of it is context. So you're at a place where the majority of the point of being there is capitalism. Yeah. Yeah, to monetize it is pretty... I pretty mean, to monetize it... <sighs> I, I don't know. I, I, the, the thing is, is that there is someone who I'm sure can explain to me why I'm so stupid and I yeah. don't understand this, but I'm stupid and I do not understand this yeah. at all. Um, but one thing I did get from that photography show took like a fucking hard right turn. Um, one thing I did get was I, I um, was wandering around completely bored and I was actually chasing money. So I had invoices that were due to be paid like before I left and when you're self-employed, that's the most annoying yeah, thing. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. So I'm walking around, like, sending people emails and stuff as I'm walking around, not paying attention to what I'm doing. And I got tired because I'm fat. <laughs> and I decided to just go and take a seat at what looks like a wedding. Like, it's chairs set out like it's an aisle oh, and see, stuff. Yeah. And I was like, someone will give a talk, but I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to sit here and play on my phone. Yeah. And it was this um, uh, for wedding photographer. I think he was English. I remember so little about him. Um, but he was primarily film and Jewish, like Orthodox Jewish weddings. Really? Shot primarily on film. And his whole talk was completely distant to what I do until he started talking about 20 mil lenses. And he was like, if you want to be a real photographer, like a real wedding photographer, if you want to shake off any anxiety you have about being a wedding photographer, shoot an entire wedding with a 20 mil lens. 
shoot one wedding with a 20 mil lens. Yeah. So, because yeah. you have to get in people's faces. You would. Like, how you, you can't even... hide. Yeah, like to photograph the ceremony on a 20 mil lens. And he did. Oh my God. Like, he, I mean, the one thing is, is if you are doing like an, any kind of religion where you are also part of that religion, they're a lot more accepting of certain things that you want to yeah. do. Obviously, if you're like a guy, they're <laughs> going to be a bit more like, yeah, can you just back off, mate? Yeah. Um, so the fact that he was North, I think he was Orthodox Jewish. So, might, so he was well in his like, community. His, yeah, he yeah. was in his community. And he was going through these photos and showing the contact sheet of how he got to the image and stuff. And I was like, this guy's really good. Yeah. This guy's really good. He, I appreciate he, that, yeah. He can show you what he was trying to do and the process to get to when he did On it. film as well. So, it was yeah. amazing. And the, the first thing I did after that was to go and try and buy a 20 mil lens. <laughs> like I was walking around like, who's got a 20 mil lens? And I ended up like a few weeks later buying the Sigma 20 mil art. And it's true. Like you have to have some balls to be at a wedding and shoot with a 20 mil yeah, lens. Yeah, even like, on full frame, like full frame, oh, you yeah. need to get really into people's faces yeah. to do that. You have to be like in their grill. Because I've when I when coming back to street photography, you use a 50 mil and you still have to be in people's faces to do that. Yeah, you're still you're very visible. You're doubling that and a bit more with a 20 mil yeah. lens. 150%. Yeah. <laughs> that it's, is crazy. It's a lot, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it was it was one of the coolest parts of it. Um I know there was um, sort of something you wanted to sort of for us to go over. And I, the last thing I'd want to do is for you to go away from this feeling like we haven't talked about anything you want to talk about. <laughs> and I've just told a load of bullshit and talked oh, about, no. talked about the photography show. Um, so you you messaged me earlier and you said that you wanted to talk about like the, was it like the transition from yeah. amateur to professional? Yeah, or? so like I, I at this moment now in my career, I wouldn't say I'm a hobbyist and I wouldn't say I'm a professional as well. Right. You're a was, tweener. I'm a tweener. I'm in, I'm in limbo and it's an awkward place to be because like you, it's, it's a place of discovery as well, because like in the last year or so, I've had quite a few people approaching me, right. asking me to take photos. And it's usually I'm the one who's approaching other people. Yeah. And it's like always a bit, it always like pushes you back a bit because you're like you have to discuss like what, what you can pricing actually do pricing. And, yeah. and when it comes to pricing, that's the thing I struggle with the most. Yeah. Like I tried to work it out. So how much I'm charging them for how much time it's going to take me. Yeah. But like, it's just, um, difficult to do. Cause like as a hobbyist, you don't have to worry about that because almost everything you're doing is free. One thing I'd say is, is you learn how fun it is to be a hobbyist when you become a professional yeah. because you're like, Oh, there's like taxes. Yeah. And yeah. That side of it's, that side of it's really hard. I mean, as far as like a question I I've, I've gotten a lot is when you know that you can, you could take it on full time. Yeah. And or how did I know? And I think that's an important distinction. Like how you'll know is up to you. Yeah. Um, for me, it was when me and me and my wife, we sat down and we were doing some calculations and some honest ones, not some like projected, yeah, hope, the world's rosy. Yeah. And we worked out that I was losing about 1500 pounds a month by not being a wedding, uh, really? by not being a photographer oh my God. and sticking with my old job. And excuse me a second. <coughs> Still ill after a month. No, you'll get better. Uh, no, I won't. That's <laughs> is a permanent state for me now. So um, it was when I, I wasn't enjoying my old job, as most people don't enjoy their job because it's a job. Yeah. Um, but I was turning down work because I had to be at this job. And 
I could be earning sort of five, 600 pounds a day as a photographer, which now most people would scoff at. But when you're 18 months in, that's a lot of money. Even for me now, that's the sort of range I'm charging my clients now because I don't feel like I can justify charging more than a grand right? because of, because of my limitations with gear alone and um, my lack, lack of, well, I wouldn't say lack of experience, but I was maybe lack of confidence maybe. Right. Yeah. So even that amount is quite a huge amount for somebody. Yeah. And I think what I think gets lost in the way that people price themselves up, especially with photography is there are more than a few ways to come at this. Yeah. It's not just how much does this guy charge? Am I better than him? Yeah. Or if I'm worse, how much worse am I? And then we work out as a percentage. That's not how I price myself. And it's not the only way, but it seems to be the only way that people are aware of. Mm. Um, for me personally, the most important thing right now is I'm priced for a demographic. Yeah. I want to do certain types of weddings and I don't want to do other types of weddings. And I've priced myself so that I am attractive to a very specific socioeconomic climate. Yeah. And while I have a pretty much a constant stream of people telling me I should be charging X or Y, I'm comfortable that if the market, which at the moment is fairly fruitful, were to fall on its face, I'm not so obscenely overpriced that I go with it. Yeah. At the same time, there is a point where you can be so cheap that people don't trust. Yeah. And then you're, you're, you're bringing in like clients you would rather not have as well. Exactly. Yeah. Because I, 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 I wouldn't say necessarily with weddings, it's clients you wouldn't want to have. It tends to be where they're getting married you don't want. Yeah. You know, the, the, it's more the wedding you don't want than yeah. them. They might be lovely. Yeah, but, but sometimes the venue can be hard to jazz up a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it can be a bit Portsmouth Registry Office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so there's a few different ways of coming at it. With regards to like the confidence thing, something that comes up a lot, it's like, oh, it's about the confidence of taking that step and so on. Um, I find that there's two really good motivators that are legal. Most good motivators aren't legal, um, <laughs> but two really good motivators that are legal. One is, is fear yeah, and the other is self-hatred. They're brilliant. <laughs> fear of not being able to feed my wife is, is a very good motivator. <laughs> so I have to work as hard as I can and, and keep trying to progress and get better at something so that she can eat better and better food and mm-hmm. go to more and more, you know, holidays. concerts and holidays <laughs> and and whatever that's a brilliant motivator and that's the that's the best motivator when you're dealing with something negative mm. when you've got someone that's trying to tear your business down which happens it's a very sad world we live in yeah um you have say someone that's either um their only skill in life is spreading rumors oh, or, yeah. or they are someone who is trying to extort you they've gotten what they want but now they want money as well or whatever yeah. you will deal with it it's a very sad world um, it's a great motivator for you to stand your ground yeah, and be you like, ha- no, you're fucking with my wife now. Like, mm. you're not just fucking with me. Yeah, because you, you can call me a twat, but when yeah. you start messing with, when you start bringing my family situation in, then then I have to be motivated. And the self-hatred is great for, I, and I, I know it sounds like I'm trying to be funny, <laughs> um, but it's great for never being satisfied with where you are. Yeah, I would never consider consider myself settling down. I, I would just always be aiming to learn more. Yeah, I never the type where I'm, I'm satisfied. 
Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think if you're satisfied and you're like, yeah, I'm good enough. Yeah. Not only are you probably not. Yeah. Um, you're gonna decline because your skill set will just get thinner and thinner. Yeah. Because it, you'll start to lose certain things yeah. that you're not doing regularly enough. Um, and you'll eventually lose interest because mm. a human mind will get bored. Yeah. You know, you think of the, the 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 power that a human mind has, all the things that have happened because of a human mind. Yeah. And you're just like, eh. Doing the same thing every day. Yeah, your, your brain's you. going to revolt yeah. against you. Yeah. Um, I mean, <clears throat> it's really hard to talk about, like, the story of how I knew I was going full time. The story of when I actually, so Jamila had said to me, you probably should. Yeah. Like the money's there and I didn't want to. And then there was a um, really stupid story. But one night I'm watching um, a documentary about this ice hockey player that goes to Boston College. And he uh, it's like his first shift in the ice hockey team. He's a big prospect, huge career, going to be a millionaire and all of this stuff. And he came out pretty much immediately a completely ridiculous accident, broke his neck and was uh, paralyzed for life. And that's the end of it. That's, yeah. that's everything that he wanted gone. And... You know, when I was 19, I had a heart attack. Oh my God. Um, and I, I, on top of having the flu for the last month, which yeah. feels like it's the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone ever. Um, I like, I'm susceptible to getting ill quite a lot because of the knock on effects of yeah. that. And you just, you just start thinking, do you know what? Like I'm spending a lot of time being worried about nothing Yeah. when I could just be enjoying something. And a few of the things that are going to be negative are no different to the negatives you deal with any other route yeah, you go down. Because every every path is, is going to have its pros and cons. No, like, exactly. There's yeah. parts of my current job I love and then parts of it I really dislike. Yeah. Like it's just natural. And then it, when eventually, hopefully, when I step into full-time photography, it's going to be exactly the same. Yeah. There's going to be parts you, you love and then parts you, you have to work around or um, compromise with. Yeah. I mean, uh, something that I think is a very big mistake with... Uh, how a lot of people approach getting into a new business with photography is that they cast a very wide net mm. and they're like, well, I'm not going to have loads of clients straight away. Yeah. So I'll do portraits, I'll do weddings, I'll do porn, I'll, you know, <laughs> like they'll just add like 50 sections to what they'll do. Yeah. And then they never specialize. And then what you end up with is just a big mix demographic of like a job here, a job there, yeah. a job here, a job there. Porn stars getting married. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Porn stars getting married <laughs> for portraits. That's, that's, that's the gig. Um, you, but your problem is, is that you're then kind of a bit of a, no pun intended, but you're a bit of a jack of all trades. Yeah. <laughs> and you should never be jumping into something where it's your livelihood and saying, while I'm not earning money, I'll just try and get as much as, yeah. like, that's not a good it's move. It's not going to happen, is it? You're going to need to have, like, the decision made for you economically. Like, yeah. where you're like, I keep turning down jobs. Yeah. I probably should be doing this because I could make some money and I'm losing money more than I'm making it by yeah. not doing it. Um, but the the... It's not a remedy to just be like, well, in the meantime, I'll do baby portraits yeah. because then you'll just be doing baby portraits. And you'll be tripping away from what you really want to do. Yeah. And you'll, you'll go back to, you, it's actually worse because you'll start to hate photography yeah. because it's not what you want it to yeah. be. Um, that side of it, I think is, is hard. I mean, as far as the fear goes, like the confidence that you're talking about, 
Um, if you mean the confidence in the sense of like being assured of yourself yeah. to do the job, yeah. that never goes away. Yeah. Cause you, you, you always feel like an imposter. Yeah. That's um, how I feel. Cause I've got a few weddings coming up next year and I'm just like, oh my God, I've got a fucking, it's just me shooting alone. So I'm just like, it, the whole, the pressure's on Yeah, like, and you ha- have to get it. Like you can't fail here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that's the game, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the fun of it. Yeah. For me, it's, it's. Um, it's not a gimmick at all, but I started working fairly young and I, for whatever reason, I'm sure that someone with a degree could break down what's wrong with me mentally and why I'm like this, <laughs> but I don't tend to feel pressure in the same way. Yeah. So a wedding day, I don't tend to feel the pressure. There'll be other stuff that makes no sense at all, like phone calls. I hate phone calls. I hate answering the phone mm. to like the point where I could be getting a phone call from my wife and I'll, I'll literally end it and, and just text. send yeah. and send the thing. What would you want? Yeah. Because I just do not like answering the phone. Um, the, the imposter side of things, you know, it's tough. I can't give any, any good advice really other than you weaponize it. Yeah. Like if you feel like you don't deserve to be where you are, get better. Yeah. You'll never, you'll never get good enough to convince yourself. That's the truth. Or I, I won't because but I look f- at what I was doing a year ago and I look at what I'm doing now. I'm like, Christ, I've come along. And then I look at what I'm doing now on its own. And I'm like, I should be doing better. Do you feel more comfortable with that now that you've been doing it for a longer time? You've been photographing weddings for some time now. Do yeah. so you get more comfortable with that feeling? Yeah. And you, you get more comfortable with, um, you get more comfortable with feeling like you need to prove yourself, even though you don't. Yeah. That's the first thing. You get more comfortable with that. You get more comfortable with dealing with negativity. Yeah. You'll never get completely comfortable, but it gets better. Yeah. And you you will- do need a thick skin for this industry. I think all areas of this industry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I- I'm horrendously reactionary. That's one thing. Yeah. And, um, I think you can't be reactionary. You have to learn how to have like a customer service face. Yeah. And I'm not that person. Yeah. Especially if you know you've done you what you would con- uh, consider a good job. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I, you know, we're dealing with that kind of situation now where, you know, we've done what I would personally say was a very good job. And there's a negative situation come out of it that, you know, there's maybe a lot of the numbers aren't adding up for what's being said. And, you know, you kind of sense what's going on. There's something else going on. This isn't necessarily a conversation about being happy with something. It's about wanting to monetize a situation or whatever. Um, One thing that never goes away and one thing that's been really hard because weddings are, like you say, it's a positive thing um, is when someone makes it a negative maybe not to do with you yeah but when a wedding day becomes a negative and you're trying to photograph it yeah it's very hard not to inflict your photos with your mood yeah so you that's that's like, probably the hardest thing is to kind of take positive photos in a bad mood yeah i can imagine that's tough yeah yeah and when i say in a bad mood i mean the room not you yeah um like where you've had you you know, you've had people argue or... Yeah, because weddings, people are drinking and there's yeah. people that don't normally always meet up. You know, there might be 
like conflict within family. Yeah. And sometimes things can unbottle a little bit. I can imagine that would be very hard to photograph. Yeah. And I think quite a lot of it comes down to your photographic style. So if you're someone that's very like, over here, guys, smile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to really struggle with a room that doesn't want to smile. You have to have a plan B at that point. Yeah. Where I have kind of two, two lanes to what I do, I can lean on being re- you know reportage or reportage yeah <laughs> i can lean i can lean on that and like i can step back and let the room kind of happen and then just snipe stuff that doesn't look as bad yeah and you know focus elsewhere when you're like you're very person centric and you have to be right in the thick of things that's when it can be hard i can imagine and at the same time like when you're not the most confident outgoing person and you're in a room of people that constantly want to reference you and you're just trying to get away from that, you're trying to just capture the mood, but everyone's aware of you. That's the other side of the coin. That can be really hard. You have to have a go-to with that as well. Mm. Um, When it comes to your, um, your sort of wedding style or, or like your, your photographic style, generally your personality with your photos, how much of, you do you think is in your photos in the sense of like do you go by what you like the look of or do you go by how outgoing you are so it's i think i would say it's a bit of both like (coughs) i um i like to capture things that invoke a reaction in me yeah like i like things like color and symmetry i I find quite satisfying yeah so that that will be in my photos quite a lot um but yeah and then i like yeah the documentation style so things I think m- my people might appreciate as well. Yeah. So I'm doing it like a bit mostly for myself, but I do consider what other people might find satisfying within a photo. Yeah. Because um, it's quite difficult because I think with photography, you either have it or you don't. I think it's just there in your head. Right. Like, I don't think you can teach somebody that doesn't have like a creative side how to take creative photos, if you know what I mean. Right. Okay. So I think it's just, with me, it's just like a natural instinct. Yeah. And then understanding all the, the, the like mechanical side and is just adds to that a little bit. Yeah. And enables you to capture what you want to, what you, what you're aiming to capture. Did you have an interest in photography before you had the camera or did you get the camera with a view to having an interest in photography? So I got into photography in school because it was an option for a GCSE and I thought it would just be, just be an easy GCSE. (laughs) Uh, And I was, I was shit at art. Like, and, um, I picked up the camera that was just a point and shoot. And, um, I was actually quite good at photography. Right. And um, within my first year of photography, one of my photos was um, used by a band I followed as one of their album covers. Nice. I was like, yeah, I think I enjoy this. You like that feeling? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And um, so like ever since then, I've been sort of going into photography. Like I've had a few years where I've done very little work, but the last two or three years I've been taking it a lot more seriously. Yeah. But it was could we like getting into photography was just coincidence because I thought it'd be the easy, easiest GCSE at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but I, th- I think we all, we all have that. I mean, I love what you're saying about, um, you can't teach the like non-creative something. I, yeah. I, I, I completely agree. I think like the fastest route to success is to find out your thing. Yeah. Like what's your, what, what is it that grabs you and then go with that as opposed yeah. to try and be someone else. Yeah. Like learn the skills to be someone else. So yeah. if you're like, if you're very mechanical and 
you're very engineer like and you're very focused on technical aspects yeah run with that yeah like start there and build out yeah don't ignore that yeah go and try it. and do something else yeah. like go with that and i think that's where i went wrong slightly with the way i started photography was i focused really heavily on the camera yeah and although it's been great like now i'm like yeah but there's like there's fundamental compositional issues with the way that i do what i do which i should know better by now and it's because I focus technically rather than on the mood yeah. and the narrative. Mm. Um, and I've been on like a pilgrimage to try and fix that problem. What's the what's the hardest thing for you? Photography wise? Um, like, it's, yeah, sometimes it's just confidence. But over the years, I've learned to actively seek um, things that make me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Just so I can conquer them quickly. So I've only started shooting models maybe like a, a year and a half ago. Yeah. And I've been doing photography since I was like 16. Yeah. And um, now I was 24 when I started working with models. Yeah. So that was quite a big thing for me because I've always been- Still a, really young though. Yeah. Like that's young. Do you reckon? Oh yeah, that's young. <laughs> so, like that's not in a bad way. Yeah. Like one of the problems I think is that I, I think at your age- I remember being your age. It's not me just being patronizing, I promise. And that's kind of my point. At your age, every time someone brings up your age, it's not for a positive. Yeah. That's the most frustrating part. I don't mean it that way. No. I mean, if you look, like you said earlier about the camera club. So we're both a member of Basingstoke Camera Club. Yeah. And you said if we added our ages together, we'd be the average. And I think we'd be under the average <laughs> because we'd be combined. Fifth, uh, I'm 25. So. Oh, I've got to do math. So we'd be 56. <laughs> And I think, yeah, I'll be honest with you, I think that that's a bit young for what's yeah, there. Yeah, excluding you, I'm probably the youngest member by what, like 30 years, maybe 35? Uh, no, you're the youngest by 14 years. Oh. The next one up after you is 14, after excluding me, yeah. is 14 years. And I'm six years older than, no, I'm, you're 20. 25. 20, yeah, so I'm, I'm six years older than you. So- yeah, I mean, it's. <laughs> I, I remember being mid twenties. Every time someone brought up your fucking age, it was oh. to tell you that you didn't know something. Oh yeah, but and it's just like it okay. is a time for learning, though, isn't it? Yeah, like it's <laughs> it's fine being in a country where someone that was ten years younger than me was fighting a war to save it. <laughs> yeah, but now you're patronising me about my age. Yeah, this um, is the OK Boomer meme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's 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 frustrating as hell because, like, especially I guess. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm finding right now really annoying because I'm getting told by people that are older than me that I don't know nothing. Yeah. And now I'm getting told by people that are younger than me that I don't know nothing. Yeah, it's, and I'm in a position where I'm like, I don't think either of you know what the yeah. hell you're talking about. <laughs> it's definitely true. Like, um, especially because the election's what, tomorrow? Yeah. And um, yeah, on yeah, Facebook, yeah. everyone's just going at it and it is so draining. Yeah. I just, I'm looking forward for it to be over just so we can go back to normal. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to say something positive about politics and yeah. that, rather than talk about all of the negative of which there is very little, but a, a majority of people will talk about. Yeah. Here's, here's what I'll say. I am so lucky as a human being that I married someone that doesn't care about politics Oh yeah, because I'm very politically minded. And if she was as well, we would never switch off. Yeah. And I would have blown my brains out by yeah. now. So it's been amazing that like she genuinely didn't know there was an election coming up until <laughs> I think the polling cards came through. Brilliant. And she's like, is it local? And I'm like, no, no, prime minister. And she's like, okay. <laughs> that's, that's the full extent of the conversation. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. She's like, I, mm. I, it's never good to be like out of the loop. And then she's not out of the loop in, 
in the majority of the sense, but like the last few years, just who cares anymore? Yeah, it's just like, it's gotten so silly. No, it's, I don't think it. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. I don't think it's going to affect me on a personal level who wins. Like no. I'm still going to be able to pursue the things I want to. It's just going to be a dickhead in a different coloured tie. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, when it comes to, if I could just really hard circle back yeah. to your your protest photographs, is that something you want to do again? Yeah, I love. Um, I love the protest. The first protest I witnessed, I was in Germany in Munich. It wasn't even a protest. It was just football fans kicking off. Right. And I was with a friend and he felt really uncomfortable because people throwing like smoke bombs and stuff. So um, right. I I was like, yeah, I like this, but we, I couldn't photograph too much because it was making my friend feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But yeah, I would. Is def- this the same friend that was in London? Uh, no, okay. different friend. Right. So, I was going to say, you learned your lesson. <laughs> no, different friend. He's a good friend, uh, the one from Germany. But um, I uh, got, I would definitely like to attend some more protests. Yeah. And um, I would like to find ways to make it clear that I'm not actively taking part in these protests. So You're I, just documenting. Yeah, just yeah. so I can get close to both the police and the, the protesters. Yeah, I think that's the that's the challenge, mm, right? Like, yeah. Because you put up a picture of someone holding up a, like, fuck Trump poster. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're that guy. Yeah. And then if you if you take a picture of someone wearing a Make America yeah. Great Again hat, yeah. you're that guy. And yeah. it's like, no, no, I'm fucking showing it. Yeah, I'm just a spectator. Yeah, like, I'm literally yeah. your view. Yeah, like, because when I put the photos online, I was worried people would associate me as a as a member of the rebellion, even though right. I'm just a photographer. Yeah. And that's the, the, the problem. Like you, by posting these photos, you're putting yourself out there to be with the people that you're protesting. Like maybe it could be like, I don't know, a different type of protest, maybe like a work related protest. Yeah. You could feel like makes you look like you're like agreeing with what's being said, even though you might not be. Yeah. I'm, I like to stay neutral in these things. Yeah, I mean you you're going to have an opinion. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to But how you document, I mean, I, see this is what I'm I'm kind of fascinated with with this is I there has to be people out there. The way people are with just general politics, there has to be people out there that are going and photographing this to make it look a certain way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Even if it's just for their own ends. Yeah. Like they're doing it just so like I want to make it look like there was 100,000 people there. Yeah. You know, like we've seen with the media with like I mean with the American um, election circuit kind of kicking off now where they're kind of, they're about to nominate who's going to run against Trump. And it's, yeah. it's Christ, that is a shit show. Of, oh my God. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not American because yeah. they have not got a lot of options. No. Um, but when you look at the way that the news portrays, like Trump will have a rally and there'll be a lot of people there. He's got a lot of fans in the Midwest. Yeah. He's got a lot of fans. Like yeah. you don't win a, an election to be president you're unless you've got fans. Majority, yeah. Whatever you think of that, that's just the bottom line. Yeah. And they'll try and show it as if it was quiet. Mm. And then you'll have someone like, I saw a thing with, I think it was Joe Biden where he had like 70 people turn up to something and they're like shooting through people. Through the legs sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, to make, to make it, it look, look like there's yeah. so many people. Yeah. And someone's like, oh no, I was there. Here's a phone picture. Yeah, it's, people definitely have their agenda. <clears throat> yeah, and it's, I don't know. It's very bizarre. Um, I mean, I know someone who went up and photographed the Brexit. Um, like, I don't know if there was one particular protest, but he has photographs yeah. of a protest over um, Brexit. Yeah. And he puts up, he puts up one picture that's of like someone holding a sign saying like, fuck the EU. Yeah. He'll just get endless comments of like, you bigot, you're yeah. a racist and all yeah. this other stuff. And then like, he's literally showing you someone else. Yeah. Like, 
he could just write the status. This yeah. took more effort yeah. and you've missed the point. I think that's why it's important to start, try to establish yourself as a photographer so people know you take pictures. Right? Yeah. Because we live in the culture where everyone's sharing stuff. So somebody yeah. might have... They might yeah. think you're just sharing, sharing someone else's yeah. picture. I see. See, I'm so aware that he's a photographer. I yeah. didn't even think of it like yeah. that. Yeah. So like on my like social media platforms, I hope everyone like realises that I take pictures. It's yeah. like, my, it's my thing. It's, it's the only reason I use social media. Yeah. If I didn't have photography, I would, would never log in. Would you ever do war photography? If I was fit enough, yeah, I would love to do that. But being an asthmatic and slightly overweight, I would probably never go to a war zone. Yeah, I think as well, that's going to that's gonna die out unless it's like poor countries' yeah. wars because the way wars are being fought with rich countries is just like drones and yeah. Yeah. shit from a distance. You're not yeah. seeing a soldier. Yeah, They're no, just seeing just like send a the robots. pilotless plane But I do like the Terminator. Them. It might be pretty pretty good I to... I fucking wouldn't want to be on the end of one just to get a picture. <laughs> no, um, no it's, it sounds like you'd be really suited to it though. Um, there's a really a fascinating um, thing I watched about uh, faking war photos oh. um, and war video, especially. And it was a guy who was protect. like, it's so funny to watch because it's so obvious, but it wasn't at the time, I guess. He's like in a studio that's meant to look like an Arabic place, like. but it's not. And he's talking about how he's just seen all this happen. And, oh, really? And it's like, who the fuck fell for this? Yeah, that's but crazy. people did. Yeah. Because you wouldn't think at the time. The, the, the news was there to say, here's a thing that's happened. You didn't think, oh, this guy might be a lying bastard. Yeah. It's it's incredible. It's like the invention of lying almost. It, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Well, people believe um, everything they read on the internet. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is by Abraham Lincoln. He said, you should never read everything you believe. Uh, read believe everything you read on the internet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Abraham Lincoln. He was an iPhone user, so yeah, no one yeah. should trust oh, him. No, don't trust him. Um, yeah, nice. No, it's it's a weird time. It's a weird time. Photographically, though, it's it's a fascinating time. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's really accessible now because the the kit I use now, you can buy secondhand for like a fraction of the price. Oh god! And you know what? I was actually thinking about this yesterday. So I'm looking at a couple medium format cameras. It's probably my next step is is a is moving to medium format. And I was thinking, price of these cameras is insane. They're getting so low. Yeah. And in like five years, these are going to be secondhand. Yeah. I'm, like like dirt cheap secondhand. Yeah. I was so lucky. Yeah. It's crazy because I was like looking at gear and I was like, how is this cheap? What's wrong with it? Is it yeah. broken? Yeah. Is this spares and repairs? I think it's just, yeah. we, we England's got an amazing secondhand market. Yeah. Like, like what's that website? MPD? MP MPB. Yeah. I'm, I'm reframing from giving them too much business yeah. because they pissed me off over a <laughs> transaction. But for years they were my go-to for secondhand yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I just think it's crazy. Like one of the best things for it is like, if you, if you like Sony, the second hand market's brilliant yeah. because Sony uses just like every six months, a new camera comes out. They just get they're rid basically of the, the iPhone users of the camera world. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So they're just like, yep. Next thing. Yeah. Like I bought Jamila the A7R3 and they brought out the A7R4 about three months ago. I think it was or two months ago. And I'm just like, Fuck, I, like, they don't even give it, like, a year and a no, half. No, they don't. They just, like, bam, there's the next one. Bam, yeah. like, a bit of strategy here, guys. Yeah. Make people feel like they like the one yeah, they've got. Yeah, it's crazy. And then you've got the likes of Canon and Nikon that just 
don't make anything anymore. <laughs> I well, I keep imagining that Canon is like a guy on a train. You know, when you get on a train, you go yeah. to like London or whatever on the train, and there's a guy who was not going to London. He was supposed to get off at Surbiton, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, we're in Vauxhall, and you're like, yeah, yeah. hello, yeah, yeah, wake you up. wake me, yeah, yeah come on. that's Canon. Yeah. That's just Canon. Just yeah. like, hmm, no, yeah. no. oh yeah, no, we've got the uh, M6 Mark II. Yeah. Like, no, 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 that was four stops ago. <laughs> You need something for now. Yeah. yeah, but I'm kind of gutted because I I do like mirrors and I think mirror um, SLRs are going to be um, an obsolete format in the future. You think they are? Yeah, I think so because nobody, no, none of these quote influencers use uh, SLR anymore. <sighs> I don't know. I think I know that there's been there's been the quote which is, uh, I think it was Jared Poland said the DSLR is dead. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which is obviously nothing to do with his. That's just him His trying marketing. to sell more stuff, isn't well, it? Well, he's been paid to say it or anything yeah. like that. I'm sure it's nothing like that. Um, it's uh, definitely just his wholehearted opinion that's completely not based on financials. No. Um, I don't think, I think when you've got people out there that are still shooting wet plate, it's hard to say yeah. that DSLR is going to be I dead. was watching a wet plate tutorial on the internet. I was like, oh my God, that is a long process yeah. for one photo. And you've got cancer. Yeah. <laughs> like you've touched anything. You've now got cancer. Um, like... I talked about this on a, on a previous podcast about like people's obsession with 35 millimeter, like hipsters love 35 millimeter yeah. um, film. And they talk about it like it's, that was the invention of photography. And it's like, yeah, yeah there's quite a lot going on before that. Yeah, there was yeah. people in a wagon in Utah yeah. who were quite pissed off that you're talking a hundred years in the future <laughs> yeah. um, about how, how good it was in the old days. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't think DSLRs are dead. I think that, I think that, um, consumer DSLRs are dead. Yeah. I think that they'll kill off the consumer DSLR fairly soon and it will be like your 1DXs, your 5Ds, and then the Nikon D7 or whatever it will be yeah. when that comes out. I think that's how it will go. That mm. will be it. Yeah. Um, and I I would say when I start seeing people on the sidelines at football matches and in the yeah. press lines at red carpets all using mirrorless, I'll talk. Yeah. But the last Olympics was all DSLRs. Yeah, it's because they know they they know the technology. That's what they're comfortable yeah, with. Yeah, and it does it does, does what it job. needs yeah. to do. Like a lot of the features that are being pumped into cameras now are offset megapixel bullshit. Mm. Where like I don't know, ten years ago it was like, oh, this camera's twenty megapixels. And yeah. then the next year it was like this one's twenty one. And then the five D R comes out and then you're like, oh, 50. 50. 0.5 or yeah, whatever. And, and, yeah, because the point five is very important. Yeah, it's really important. That point five of a <laughs> megapixel. Um and then everyone was kind of like, oh wait, no, in megapixels it's just bullshit. No. It, it doesn't matter because yeah. it depends on what the sensor can do. Yeah. Dynamic range and all this other stuff. So I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see it dying. I just see it evolving. I I still think there is someone who's going to get like a 5D, let's say, for the sake of a visual, that's going to get like a 5D and work out a way to put an EVF into a 5D. Yeah. Then we're on a different game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Then we're, then we're really into a different game. Yeah. Um. There's so many problems with mirrorless. I'm a mirrorless shooter. I, I, I've, I've actually been shit on for switching to mirrorless oh, by really? people that are like, oh, I thought you said to me. <laughs> Firstly, I've never said mirrorless is shit. I've said that there are complete lies about mirrorless and there still are. Yeah. The 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 Canon and the Sonys and the, Christ, that new Nikon lens is hilarious. <laughs> they prove it that the problem is you keep telling me that the selling point is size, but it's not. Yeah. Because it's fucking huge with a lens on it. Yeah. 
So it's bollocks. Like your your selling point is bollocks. Sell it for what it is, yeah. and we'll talk. Yeah. Um, and it's like saying a Lamborghini's small because it's only got two <laughs> seats. It's fucking enormous. It, it is big. I wouldn't want to try to reverse park that into a exactly. bank. Exactly. Yeah. So don't lie to me about what the selling point is. Tell me what the selling point yeah. is, and then I'll be on board. And I look at like the Canon stuff, and they're just not taking it seriously. But that it's so ergonomically bad like it's so front heavy yeah you know they're gonna have to make these bodies strong to hold that much glass it's yeah bowing the bodies I, and stuff even with my 5d mark three i recently bought the, the 72 200 and i was like Fucking hell, can i hold the, the body without touching the lens right and you've yeah. got you've got yeah. that extra flange distance because yeah. of the mirror when yeah. you take that away you just yeah. got this like lunch i don't yeah. know like a sandwich sized yeah. body it's just Bending forwards, just, uh, even with the foot, like because I know I know it's safe, but you because it's a heavy lens. You're like, how is it safe? Well, the best one is I'm not big on Nikon, but the best one is the new lens for the Z six and seven, um, which is the I think it's a fifty eight millimeter zero point nine five manual wow. focus lens. Google it; it's hilarious. It this thing is the size of my leg. <laughs> And it costs eight grand. Oh my God. No one is buying that. No, we'll just get a nifty 50. That's what I saw. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> it's just not going to, I don't know. I Sometimes I'd love to be a fly on the wall of these pitch meetings. Yeah. Where they're like, should we get like a decent um, like range of competitively? Pro- no, 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 no. We're going to get an eight grand. Yeah. Eight stone lens yeah. <laughs> that doesn't have manual. You've seen those Soviet lenses? We're bringing them back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's like Sony was the problem. It's like they're bringing out a new body every five minutes. Yeah. But like you're looking at their lenses and like, yeah, he's work on a few of them. Yeah. He's just filled that out a bit. Because even like ca- Canon mirrorless range, they don't have many lenses. No, I had a really funny thing with that. So I went to Park Cameras and I was like, I'm probably going to Fuji at this point. I was like, I'm probably going to Fuji. I'm not sold a thousand percent, but I'm probably going. I'm going to go and have a look at some stuff, possibly buy a couple bits, kind of prep for the the inevitable change. And there was a guy there who's like, you want to try out the EOS R? And I was like, no. <laughs> He's like, no, come on. It's great. And I was like, I'm fine, honestly. He just kept hammering it. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll have a look. And I picked it up and I looked at it. And because it's different from what I knew with the 5D Mark IV, the way the menu set out and stuff, yeah, it's different in the layout of the physical body. I was like, how do I do this? And the guy was like, I don't have a clue. Yeah. And I was like, well, you're a well good demo person. Like I'm already sold. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I said to him, it's going to cost me like 12 grand to, to switch to this. Yeah. So even if I was selling everything I have for Canon now, brand new, it's I'm losing money to switch over to this. Yeah. And you can't even give me two card slots. Yeah. And the guy was like, just back stuff up on the laptop. Like yeah, back yourself up onto a laptop. Yeah, it's, it's just it's not practical. No, I'm like, gonna get like halfway through a ceremony, yeah, panicking that yeah, my car. I'll get the hard fail. drive out. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I've only got USB point two. <laughs> and the guy said to me, he goes, "Well, it's not aimed at people that would require two cards. It's like then don't price it for yeah, people. It's ridiculous. I now now I use a camera with two cards. I would never go back to single cards. Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah, it's so terrifying. I had the A7 Mark II to try out Sony. And even on like portrait shoots, it's like, um, yeah. there's only one card. And if it's not a CF card, I'll be like, fucking hell, I could damage just putting it into exactly. my laptop. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I remember, um, like God, just before I really got into photography, we were point and shoot with my wife. We we're walking down the beach and she goes to get the memory card out cause it's full to put another one in. And she like brushes it. 
Yeah. And it goes, ping, that's it. And dead. it flies and lands in the puddle. And I didn't know anything about cameras at all at that point. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's fucked. Yeah. She's like, nah, dry it out, dry it out. Completely fucked. Like yeah. all those pictures from that day gone. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, these things are really sensitive. Yeah. Well, what, I know a puddle is a puddle, but I've had I've had CF cards go through the washing machine. Yes, still they're work. robust. And people are like, why do you like CF cards? I'm like, because I know it's not going to die. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 an old it's in like an old train. Yeah. that is somehow still going 50 years later, mm. like because it's not made out of computers. Yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we, we're pretty close to doing the longest I've ever done on a podcast. Oh, this has been fun. Oh, well done, um, me. <laughs> yeah, so you got about 10 minutes to try and beat the record, I think. But um, as far as, like, the, the plans moving forward for you, I mean, I, actually, do you know what we should end on? Because we, we've mentioned it, but we haven't gone over it. We're both a member of a camera club oh, yeah. now. Um, I joined a couple of months ago after ragging on camera clubs for the last yeah. 25 years, I think. And you joined shortly after me. What is it that you're looking to get from a camera club? So like with my, like in my personal life, I don't really have many people that appreciate photography. Like my mates like enjoy my images or whatever, but they don't understand what might go into capturing an image. So I thought I'd join the camera club just because I've never been, well, I did join the society in uni for a little bit, but that was a bit, it wasn't the greatest. Yeah. But the camera club, I joined because it just seems like a good way of learning new things. I mean, yep. and because people are older than me there, they might have a bit of wisdom, you know? They yeah. Might be able to teach me a few things. Well, I'll know how to take those wicked bangers for yeah, Instagram. I can learn some wet plate photography. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is there like... Is it like a thing of like tightening up a certain genre or was it the competitions you want to enter so or anything I've, like that? I'd like, I've never really seeked for my images to be critiqued, but I think it's it's time to put my images out there and to see um, see how strong they actually are. Yeah. And I will enter the competitions because I, I, I do, personally, I photograph quite a few genres yep. and uh, it would be interesting to see what other people think what, where other people think I am strongest in photography. That'd be yeah. quite interesting. And the talks are pretty good. I've enjoyed, um, the, the, like the information talks where like, like a guy that does urban exploring came in the other week and that was really insightful. Yeah. And that's something I would go away with techniques and skills <coughs> and I could use that myself. So a camera club is just, and it's good. It's social, I guess, but some photographers, there's a few awkward characters, but it's generally all <laughs> That's right. That's every room. <laughs> well, will you give somebody, a, most people into, photo, into photography are quite awkward. Yeah. I would say, I think yeah. that's quite a fair point because like, <laughs> you like I've, when I've been in the streets again, like people approach you and they just, all they want to talk about is your camera. They don't want to talk about what they're into or whatever. Yeah. yeah. They're, just, it, they're talking to your camera. Yeah. Yeah. It is, that's literally it. And I'm just like, oh my God, this guy's so awkward. I can't wait to get away from him. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I joined for, um, I wanted to tighten up on like landscapes. Yeah. I'm terrible at landscapes. But you've done some good stuff recently. <laughs> With Comparative to my old stuff, maybe, but like compared to like people that actually know what they're doing, it's bad. Yeah. Um, the, the entering the competitions thing isn't uh, something I'm interested in. Um, I think, uh, I think critique is great. I think it's also good to know the motivation of a critique. Yeah. You know, but yeah, like the, um, some of the people saying the judges can be a bit, um, there's, there's st not the standards. How would you say that the, the points would be a bit 
all over the place. Yeah. Like say like the lighting could be an issue on one image, but the, the same lighting on another image could be like a, a strong point. There's definitely inconsistencies. Yeah. Yeah. Like having, I, I've watched two judging sessions where I've not had an image in. So I'm just, to, I look at the image in my head. I'm judging it straight away. Yeah. What, what jumps out of me. Yeah. And then I'm listening to what they say and I'm like, mm, okay, like you've seen it completely differently to me or yeah, you saw that thing. Yeah. Um, the two I've entered are the two images I've entered. One, I put in one of my favorite portraits, which there are a couple of technical issues with, um, that I'm very aware of, but I don't care. It's one of my favorite portraits. Yeah. And I, more than anything was, I'm not going to enter portraits into competitions because I just don't care what a camera club thinks of the way that I do portraits. Yeah. Um, I'd rather learn and get better at something than how I've got a style and I'm not going to change it because a guy who's come in for one day at a camera club yeah. has decided that he doesn't like it. Yeah. Um, I think you'd have to be very flimsy. You would have to be, have a very uh, weak ego to yeah, be and, doing and that. So I put one in because I wanted to see how portraits were interpreted because the only portraits that seem to go in are kind of abstract, weird ones. Yeah, like the clowns. Were you there? And yeah. I was like... Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what my the critique that I got on the portrait um, was... I don't have a problem with it. But it was very unusual. Yeah. The main focus of what he basically said was that... You like, you like the muscles. I was gay. <laughs> yeah. Which basically the critique yeah. was yeah. that I was gay. Yeah. Was because I photographed a man yeah. and, and because had, his arm had been included in the photo. And it was slightly flexed that you must be... I, I mean, I guess. He's not a muscly guy though. It's no. like his arms... It's like he's muscly in the sense that he has human muscles yeah anyone could do that with their um their the back of their arm yeah but i could do it and i'm <laughs> yeah. pudding yeah um yeah that that was like what am i supposed to do with that am i yeah. supposed to go away and not be gay yeah because like, i'm not gay <laughs> but like that seems to be the reference um and i put in a picture from bruges which is i like the shot it's a snapshot but i yeah. like the shot um and again it's not about disagreeing with the critique necessarily because there's no point to that. I don't see the point in disagreeing with the critique. Yeah. If there's like something to it. If someone says, you know, here's this issue in this picture that you haven't noticed this, or there's a dust spot, or, you know, compositionally, I keep ending up like drawn to this particular part of the image. Yeah. He said, um, it would have been nice if there was sunlight. Yeah. Like, but- like it would have been a sunny day. It's like, okay, but like the image is a medieval part of like it's, it's a, a gothic it's, it's a thousand of yeah. 500 to a thousand yeah. year old part of the of the place with a moody sky and a bit of moody water which really complements its history i thought at least yeah. it fit yeah and i i that's been the hardest part this is why i've struggled with landscape photography is because everything's like just go there at sunrise go there at sunset yeah. and it's like if everyone's doing that there has yeah. to be something different yeah that's the problem with landscape just so many different ways to because i do a little bit of landscape but I don't feel like I'm any expert. Like right. I just turn up and sometimes things are good sort of thing. Yeah. Like I've never, like I've never really planned a landscape. I try to get to where I'm going early yeah. for the sunrise. So you've got time to kind of figure out yeah, roughly but, what's grabbing you. Yeah. But then every strong image I've taken of a landscape, has just been by accident. Yeah. That like it's, it, landscape's one of those weird categories where I think you have to do it for a very long time to, really appreciate what you're doing. I think it's also a mindset thing. I'm a yeah. reactionary photographer. Yeah. And 
Um, I'm not the best at like, I'm going to go and get this picture because I've seen someone else take this picture and yeah. then he saw someone else that's, take the same picture. That's what landscape seems to be in the current times. It's yeah. just people taking the same rooms, picture. Room, yeah. Rather than exploring. I would say landscape is more about exploration yeah. rather than, because uh, when I started landscape, that's what I did. I was sort of like, like scouted locations online and then I would try to recreate that. Yeah. But then I've, I've it's found- It's a good way to learn, yeah, but it's yeah. not a good way to build. No, it's not something you want to build upon. So then I would explore for different angles. And then I've, one of my best landscapes is a completely unique one. I haven't seen it anywhere, anyone publish the same yeah. at the same time of day. So I was quite proud of that. So you just have to explore, I think. Well, the judge said last judging, was it the last one or the one before? Actually, I think it was a couple of sessions ago. There was a picture come up of like a valley. Now, I'll be buggered if I know where this is. Yeah. Like, I've seen one place I recognize and everything else, everyone's like, oh yeah, that's, and I'm yeah. just like, don't know it. And this picture came up and the guy was like, the judge was like, oh, this is so-and-so. I've seen other pictures of this place. Therefore, this isn't as good as, and I thought, yeah. okay, but that's not the merit. Like yeah. we're working on what do you think of this photo? Yeah. Not what do you think of this yeah. photo based on what you've seen of other ones? Mm. Because how do you cross-reference no, that? you can't. If there's like two E-type Jags or if there's two ginger models or if you see two pictures of the same model yeah, or if you like, it's how the actual photo stands on its own, not how it works in reference to something that yeah. the person taking it's never even seen. Yeah, could you imagine if <sighs> those two separate photographers photographed the same model in the same competition? I've seen it. And it's the first one I went to. Oh, really? Yeah, there was two of the same model. And what was the judge saying for that? Um, I think that he said that they were the, from the same photographer, yes. the two images, but they weren't. And yeah. there was a bit of a to-do about that. I think that was roughly what was going on. I was so new that I was like, you know, like yeah. when you were like you the new to, kid at yeah. school, you're you just have like, to be What's in the back on? like, oh, my name's Will. Yeah. I, yeah I, uh, <laughs> you're wearing like a fake moustache yeah. and like trying not to draw attention to yourself. Now I just turn up in an orange coat and sit where I want. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, there was a couple of things I expected coming in with the camera club. One was it was going to be extraordinarily clicky. And the other thing was that it was going to be really focused on who's the best based on a score. Yeah. And I'm a little bit sad to say that I think I might be right. Mm. I'm noticing it's quite clicky. What I don't like about the scoring system is everything seems to be above like a six, like 10's the best. I asked about this. Okay, yeah. so I asked about this. Why have a thing of one to 10 yeah. if you can't be below a seven? Yeah. Right? And the the president said, because it's about self-esteem as much as anything. People won't be feel good about themselves if they get a four. No, but you have to be I was like, Okay, but, but, yeah. but, but bear with me here. Like, bear with me. Yeah. Just bear with me. <laughs> if everyone knows a seven is a zero, then a seven has the same effect as giving a yeah, zero. Yeah. Like you haven't, there's no such thing as the number. Yeah. You've just All given you've done a, is define the scale. You've just changed the concept a little bit. Yeah. It's the same. But it's, it's a bizarre one. Yeah. Because if I upload like a solid black image, will I get a seven or a six or whatever? My question would be, if I get an eight, what do I do with that information? Yeah. Because an average. eight, if you, yeah. if you are getting an eight out of 10, that's really good. Yeah. But in the context but of in the, the club, context of that, I don't know how to take it. Yeah. Cause that's like a below average. Yeah. So or an, I don't know. Like that's where it falls apart for me. I'd rather, and it's very weird. Like me and you are the youngest people yeah, in there. It's quite and strange. we're like, 
I don't want to say this and sound mean, but yeah. it's a little bit like, can we grow up yeah. and accept that sometimes we're going to take bad photos yeah, and people are going to like them? Photos. The the part that frustrates me um, intellectually, like I'm not smart enough to make heads or tails of this, is there are people that absolutely hate everything that the judge says, but at the same time live and die based on the score of the judge. Yeah, It's like, but if you don't agree with what he's saying, yeah. then... There was, there was actually one person who I, I heard say while he was getting a cup of tea, if I get a low score, I don't listen to the judge, but if I get a high score, I do. And then it's you're like, just, all you're doing is there. That's just confirmation you're, bias. You're just stroking your own ego yeah. at that point. Like, it's a very bizarre yeah. one. I, that, I will admit I am not intellectually capable of understanding what on earth the point of the judging is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I'm on the fence at the moment. I'm going to go this week. Yeah. I'll probably go until like mid January. And if I don't feel better about it, then I might not go anymore. Yeah. Um, because I've spoken to them about like how I could help. And I've been rebuffed a few times. I'm like, quite shocked at that because I would say maybe you're probably one of the only, you're very rare because you like, there's not many professional photographers in there. There's, There's definitely not, not a lot of people that take pictures of people. Yeah. And then when I did my induction, um, that everyone there had talked about how they'd like to get more comfortable photographing people. Yeah. And I was like, well, look, I'm more than happy. I, I teach you do the, the odd workshop. workshop. Yeah. I'm more than happy to run one for free for the camera club on like, say, headshots. Yeah. And we'll just, I'll bring in some studio lights and I'll talk you through how you build up your exposure based on using studio lights and then what you're looking for in terms of your gear and how to interact with the person. Yeah. It's pretty easy night. Everyone gets to bring a camera. They can do some shooting. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, okay. That's pretty weird. And I, I don't get like, I, yeah. I get the impression that I may be supposed to be a bit older before I offer, or maybe yeah. I'm coming you, across as arrogant, but I'm not trying to. Yeah. I'm just trying to come across as helpful. Yeah. Um, because that's what I've noticed is very few uh, portraits. Maybe we could change the culture a bit. Maybe we could just exclusively all selfies, all selfies. Yeah, of each other. What we should do is we should take pictures of each other, but make it look like whoever the subject is is taking a selfie. Oh, yeah, like, like and a transparent. Like, and then people be like, "Oh, you took a selfie." I know, yeah, didn't yeah. Chris took it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's been absolutely fantastic. Where can everyone find your stuff? So I'm on Instagram at Jack That's R O E B U C K, and then my website is roebuckphotography.com. Oh, I um, like Roebuck Photography. That's yeah. good because you've got like quite a long last name. Yeah. So it's good to not have the... Jack bit. Yeah, it's I think a bit that boring. Helps. Jack's a bit boring. I don't so. know. I don't, I don't think it's boring. It's it's certainly better than constantly it being was Jack. Carl. It did start as Jack Roebuck Photography, but that was just too long. So it's Roebuck Photography. It's roebuckphotography.com.com. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for That's doing this. That's all right, Chris. It's been a pleasure. Always good seeing you.